welcome to the Dojo Talk Podcast. Please remove them shoes before entry. Say Master is here and you still have not taken off your shoes. To define man's mission yeah. Look into the sky for divine transmission yeah. Deaf man's vision makes the blind man listen yeah. Eyes on the prize, this is blind ambition Thank you Welcome to another edition of the Dojo Talk Podcast I am your host, Serial Sensei We are on episode number 173 As always, you can give this podcast a listen On SoundCloud, Spotify, YouTube, Google Play Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts at, we should be there. Uh, send questions to Dodo Talk Podcast at yahoo.com. Hit us up on social media at the Dodo Talk Podcast Facebook page as well as the Instagram page. You can follow me on Twitter and Twitch at Serial Sensei. And you can follow my co host on Twitter at GC Zeus. And speaking of my co host, I'm once again joined with Antaku. What's going on, man? Uh, nothing. That's yeah. it. <laughs> not, not a lot going on. Normal day. Uh, Normal day. It, it's a very warm day, sunny day here in uh, North Jersey. Um, that's it. Right, we got we got clouds out here, which uh, normally I would uh, be against, but after the last two days of heat. Um, I will embrace these clouds that are giving us some uh, some shade. Yeah, shade. Yeah, because the boy, uh, random eighty degree weather just kind of hit out of nowhere these last two days, and I, I really wasn't ready for it. Cause it snowed. I don't remember if it was earlier last week or the week before, but it snowed not too long ago here. I don't know if it snowed where you were. And I was like, oh wait, now it's just. Hot enough to fry an egg on the sidewalk. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's weird times, man. Uh, weird times. I don't even really know where to start with this episode. Well, you know what? Uh, uh, how should I kick this off? Um, I guess pro- program announcement. Um, this is our next to last episode for for the listeners. Um, so. It's kind of weird that the last two cards we're talking about are just two random fight night cards in Florida. <laughs> I, feel like I feel like that's highly appropriate. It probably is. <laughs> this is this is what this sport has done to us. We we just talk about random fight night cards in Florida during the middle of a pandemic. I also feel like it's really appropriate that these cards um, both ended in the worst possible way. Oh man. <laughs> Yeah, we'll, we'll get to it. We'll get <laughs> we'll get to it. But um, nah, yeah, guys, this is uh, I mean, we've been mentioning it the last couple weeks, but just just to reiterate, um, yeah, these these two fight night cards we got this week, um, will be the last two cards we cover, um, and then we're going to take a break. Uh, this uh this upcoming Saturday, so it won't be a pod this weekend, and then we'll come back and record the following week on the twenty fourth. Um, our last episode will be us discussing our top 10 favorite fights of all time. That'll be the the closing out of this podcast. And the reason I'm giving us a week break is I, I need to research. 
I know, like my top two fights are pretty much solidified. But everything after that is kind of a it's gonna be a, it's gonna be it's gonna be a battle. See who really makes who who really makes this list. Who tugs at my heartstrings to make this list. Um, but yeah, we're gonna record on the twenty fourth, and I'm gonna put the episode out on May twenty seventh, which is my birthday. Uh, and that'll be it, man. That'll be the uh, that'll be the closer for this uh, this podcast. So um, I won't do all the sad thank yous. We'll, I'll save that for next week. But I do appreciate you guys for listening. Um, who have been sticking with us? All, all the Twitter folk, the Tumblr folk, especially the Tumblr folk. Y'all, y'all have been around since since day one. Speaking of the listeners, um, might as well give give some top cities a shout out. Uh, top cities for the week. It's getting weird now because we're not releasing episodes like as frequently. So now, like all the the different people are making their way up this list. <laughs> top listeners for the week. Number one was uh, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. So shout out to you guys. Damn. Uh, number two, <laughs> back. Glad you guys are back, man. Cairo, Egypt. What up? Don't know who's out there listening, but I appreciate you. Number three, Mountain View, California. Number four, Vista, California. Also on the list randomly. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna pronounce this wrong. Uh, Riyadh. Ry- <laughs> I definitely <laughs> I can't say this. R I Y A D H Saudi Arabia. Uh, so, the fuck? Yeah, Saudi Arabia. <laughs> <laughs> Saudi Arabia, please stand up. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, pre- appreciate you guys. Uh, shout out to Hanover, Maryland. I see y'all on the list. Shout out to Owings Mills, Maryland. I see y'all on the list. Uh, the UK is down here. Joel, if you're listening, how how do, how do, Joel, how do I say this? Be- Bexley Heath? Bexley Heath. <laughs> B-E-X-L-E-Y-H-E-A-T-H. Uh, UK, will you please stand up? You, you, how the you, fuck did these people used to run the world? <laughs> I don't know. The names are so confusing. They're like, yeah, they, they sound important, whatever. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, well, London's on the list too. I, I can say London. Shout out to London. They're they're on the list too. But um, I'm nah, man. Shout out to the listeners. Appreciate you guys wherever you are in the world, man. It's been been a fun, fun three years. But we'll we'll do all the reminiscing uh next episode. Uh, I ain't I ain't. Haven't get too sentimental. That'll now. be our top ten fights and our top ten D, uh, Dojo Talk podcast moments. I've been meaning <laughs> to go back. Ah, that, I have terrible memory. I can't remember. There was there was one week where you missed a week, and I did an episode with Joey. I remember that. And I remember comparing one of the fights to a bank robbery, and I can't remember which fight <laughs> it was because some somebody like almost got KO'd, and they were running away in the fight. And I was like, "This looks like a bad, this looks like a police chase." <laughs> I cannot. Oh, I gotta find that episode. I can't remember which one it was. I'm assuming it was the one I skipped on purpose, which is the Cejudo um, Doha card. Could have been. I gotta go back. I gotta go. I gotta go back. That was that was a good. That was <laughs> that was a good time. That was a good time. Um. So as far as today's episode, um, I ain't gonna lie to you guys. Um, like this episode has structure, but like it doesn't. 
Um, the, 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 the two topics I can guarantee will hit will be UFC Fight Night Smith versus Teixeira, which will be covered in very limited capacity, uh, as well as Overeem versus Harris. Um, I'll have a little bit more to say about that card. Um, Just because it was yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> yesterday, memory's better. Um, and if we're being honest, it, it was the much better card. Um, I don't think it was really close. Um, yeah. Th- th- it was, so you're telling me you didn't enjoy Ben Rothwell over in St. Peru? I actually have not watched that fight. <laughs> Son of a Sk- bitch. Skipped it in real time, and when I went back for the rewatch, I was like, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm good on that one. Let's <laughs> let you guys have that. That's uh, yeah, <laughs> definitely skipped that one. But uh, we'll we'll talk about those cards, obviously, because they're both full-length cards, and I don't want to be here forever. We we can't cover them both in full, so we'll probably just nitpick um, bits and pieces from, from both cards as we see fit. Um, other than that, man, we're kind of shooting from the hip, to be honest. Uh, we, we got a few notes jotted down, but it's going to be a lot of shooting from the hip on this episode. Um, you know, it's weird times we live in, man. It's weird, uh, weird times. So, hopefully between now <laughs> and maybe about 45 minutes from now when we start talking, to, getting into the thick of the episode, I'll, I'll think of some stuff to talk about. But, um, I guess, uh, I didn't really prepare for this, but, you know, gotta, gotta go through the formalities before we get into everything. Um, Antaku, do you have anything on your mind for this week? Um... One second. Uh, uh, I saw what I think was a badger, and it was really cool. The a badger, like the, the animal. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Where Where was the badger located? It, uh, it was um on uh, my running route, which is literally just the main street of the town, right next to mine um I say, I say this because I've seen a lot of wildlife that I have not seen um pre-quarantine <clears throat> like I've never seen whatever that was before <clears throat> just walking around and everything mm. um but I've also seen a lot of dead birds mm. and not like just like you know like the, the your, your typical like pigeon I'm talking about like cardinals and orioles and like I at first, I was like, okay, maybe it's cats. Like, cats, now, like, they're they're out there, and they're just fucking hunting. But it's just like, well, they'd probably take the bird with them, right? To eat, or whatever. Or are they just doing it for sport? I don't know. Mother Nature might just be acting out. You see, this is what my mind ponders when I don't have to do work or schoolwork. Yeah, it's the just like, the oh. important life questions. Why are there so many dead birds? <laughs> well, that's and that's the other thing. Like dead birds have historically been like you know it's like the canary in the coal mine. It's like he's like okay, birds are dying. What's what's about to happen? You know? Yeah, bad, that's that's a bad bad sign of things to come. Exactly. So I'm just like okay, now I have to be on my toes. This is an omen. It might just specifically be for me, but it's an omen. Oh man. Yeah. Uh... Let's well, on your mind, Sensei. Hopefully, it's more substantive. 
don't know. <laughs> I haven't really been uh, I haven't been doing a whole lot. I've, I've been kind of just chilling out. Um, I think because my birthday's coming up, I'm trying to like wind down and not overwork myself. Got a lot of little side projects and stuff I've been doing, but I'm I'm trying to just chill out a little bit for the rest of the month. Um, I worked hard in the beginning, but I was working like a madman, and then uh. I think I, I don't know if I mentioned on this podcast. I've been working on part two of my book. Um, I finished the first draft finally, and my goal was to finish the first draft before my birthday, which I did like two weeks ahead of schedule. Hey. But now I don't want to look at it. <laughs> I want to. I want to leave it alone for a while before I come back to do edits. That is so. What you're of, saying is it's done. And eh, no, no, it's, it's, not, it's not done. <laughs> if you, See, that's you, why I can't write. That's why I can't write books because, like, I, I would just never go back to it. Yeah, it's it's. It's yeah, it's hard, man. It's 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 a very long, tedious process, and I don't like editing. I don't enjoy editing at all. It's not fun, um, but it's like the most necessary part of the process. But I I don't enjoy doing it. But I'm gonna I'm gonna put it off for about the end of the month. I've kind of just been gaming. That's really all I've been. Just been like my wind down. Uh, just, just kind of gaming. I, I I've dusted off my my Wii U. Getting back in a, I'm not a big RPG guy, but I've uh, been playing Xenoblade Chronicles X on the Wii U, which I probably will start streaming at some point. Um, and I picked back up uh, Near Automata on PS4, so I've been playing that. That I will actually will be streaming. Uh, well, you guys can't hear this recording. We're recording this on Sunday. By the time you hear it, it won't be Sunday, uh, obviously. But I'll be streaming that today. Um, so follow me on Twitch. Uh, I have been pretty semi-active on there I, I, I stream at least once or twice a week um so i'll be streaming near automata at some point man i kind of just been been, been chilling Try, trying to keep myself uh keep myself relaxed i think i'm slowly coming to the realization that like all right this this corona thing is just like a thing that we just kind of have to live with and we just kind of have to find a way to like maneuver through this because it's not really going to go anywhere um i don't know if what yeah. we're doing is the right way <laughs> uh i don't know where you guys are i know it's different for all of us but my state uh we're here in maryland we just officially reopened back up on friday uh which means i will still be staying in the house because uh people are crazy and i i don't want to be out in that first rush of people that think it's cool to just go back out uh and then we get hit with the Rona second wave, but I don't know. Yeah, I've just been trying to trying to chill out, trying trying to relax, get my mind right. Um, not 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 a whole lot going on. Um. Oh yeah, I guess we can just get started. I don't, I don't really have much. <laughs> I don't really have much personal to talk about. But uh, so like I said, we're, we're kind of shooting from the hip on this episode, but we we got a couple of. Um, news and notes and just kind of random things to cover before we get to the fights. Um, I guess real quick, uh, always don't, I, I hate starting off news with rest in peace, uh, bits, but, you know, we're, 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 we're losing a lot of people out here and I, I want them to be acknowledged. Uh, rest in peace to Jerry Stiller. Um, can't remember the day that he passed away. Uh, but some of you we know him. Uh, he was on Seinfeld. He was on King of Queens. Um, father of Ben Stiller, if you didn't know, um, legendary comedian. He was in Zoolander, Zoolander Two, uh, 
man, man's been around for a while, man. Long, long, long time, man. Had a really, really good, successful career. Um, so definitely wanted to give him an acknowledgement. Rest in peace uh, to Jerry Stiller. And rest in peace to Fred Willard, who also passed away. Uh, I think that was this weekend. Or was it, was it this week? Previous weekend? Can't remember. But Fred Willard, um, we also lost him. Over the weekend, um, Fred Willard, kind of kind of like Jerry Stiller, man, been, been around for a long time, had a very long career. Um, uh, <laughs> I, I feel like I, I remember Fred different from a different thing. Like it, it, it's kind of funny, like how like when uh, when somebody passes and like a, an actor passes, or even like a musician passes, and like everybody's reflecting. And you realize that we all know people for, like, different things. Like, Fred Willard passed, and everybody I saw was like, oh, man, that was the guy from Modern Family. But, like, I'm not really, I wasn't, like, a big TV person. So, like, when I saw Fred Willard pass, I was like, oh, man, that's the guy from How High. <laughs> like, <laughs> because, like, when I think of him, that is my, that's always my point of reference. But, like, I've seen him in a couple of movies, man. He's always, he's always been a funny dude, man. Like, every... Every role I've ever seen him in, he's always been a funny dude, man. So like when he passed, it it hurt. I was hurt, man. He he was a funny guy. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna miss seeing him around. I di- I didn't know he was as old as he was. He was about. No, I'm I'm bad with specifics. He was in his 80s, I want to say. But um, yeah, man. I, I love I, how high is one of those movies that to me is funny every time I watch it. I've seen it like a thousand times, and it, it's still funny to me every time I watch it. So now when I watch it, I'm like, man, that guy, he's, he's not here anymore. But um, rest in peace to both of those gentlemen, man. Had very long, successful careers. Gave, gave people a lot of laughter. Um, appreciated their work. De- definitely appreciated their work. So rest in peace to uh, to uh, Fred Willard and, uh, and Jerry Stiller. Um, and that's it for the sad news. Um... I guess the fight MMA related news. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like I should let you handle these. I've been so. I'm gonna bring that up. I think we're gonna have a lot of random questions probably after we talk about fights. I kind of want to talk about this whole just feeling disconnected from the sports world, but I, I'll save that for later. But um, you want to talk about uh, Beeps Pops? Yeah. So. Um, I don't even know if we mentioned it last time. Um, yeah, during the uh, the Ferguson Gaethje card, um, Khabib's pops Abdulmanat uh, Nurmagomedov was admitted to the hospital not too long ago with a um. Well, I guess it'd be a couple weeks ago at this point with um. Pneumonia and flu-like symptoms, um. And it came out last week that he was put into a medically induced coma, and it's been confirmed since that. He, well, he he's I should point out he's gotten up since the coma. Um, so, but he's still in critical condition. So, you know, give him your thoughts and prayers. But um, apparently, Abdulmanat does have COVID nineteen, uh, novel coronavirus. Um, it's the thing that brought on his heart attack. Is is the reason they had to put him in the coma. Um. What's the vice versa? I can't remember. And I got rid of the article in favor of uh, what you call it. But, um, oh, yeah, here it is. Uh, according to several reports, uh, suffered a heart attack shortly after it was confirmed that he had contracted uh, 2019 novel coronavirus. 
Uh, the 57-year-old who previously underwent heart surgery in 2019 initially fell ill in the hometown of uh, Makhachkala, Dagestan, and was convinced by family members to visit a doctor who later diagnosed him with pneumonia. Despite medical advice and prescriptions, Abdulmanat reportedly continued to go about his routine and refused to undergo testing for coronavirus. As his condition worsened, he was transported to a military hospital in Moscow. He then suffered a heart attack on May 3rd, underwent heart surgery, and placed in a medically induced coma. While the Nurmagomedov family patriarch has since woken up from his coma, he is still reportedly unable to speak and remains in critical condition. So, yeah. So, um, maybe don't get your, um, what you call it, I was going to say hopes, but maybe don't openly campaign for Justin Gaethje versus Khabib Nurmagomedov anytime soon, as Khabib and his family is worrying about more serious issues like, you know, his father. Yeah. Um, So. Oh, yeah. yeah, Knowing MMA fans, they do not care. No. (laughs) They need, they need, we need, we need Habib versus Gaethje by July. But, uh, yeah. nah, man, well, well, well wishes to him, man. It's, it's rough out here, man. It is, it is rough out here. Hate, hate to hear news like that. That's, that's scary. Scary waking up and trying to, like, live somewhat of a normal life, knowing that, like, you're probably, well, like I said, out of the coma now, but still, like, in critical condition, you know, just trying to hang on as best he can. Um, so yeah, that def- definitely thoughts and prayers uh, to to Habib and his family. Um, let's get to some spice. Let's get to some. Uh, I don't say happy news, but uh, something not so somber. Let's talk about this uh, Jones <laughs> and in Ganu call out, which may end up materializing to absolutely nothing. But it'd be something fun to just kind of talk about, theorize. Um, so I, I didn't dig too far into it. Uh, the most I got into it was I saw a Twitter post <laughs> where uh, they were showing the picture of Nganu flailing at one uh, Jarzinho Rosenstroop before he put him in a coma. I shouldn't have said that. That was, that was a terrible follow-up. But, you know, he he uh, y'all saw what he did to Jarzinho. Y'all, y'all saw what happened. Um, and Jones was talking about, like, his form of the punch and you know he, he was nitpicking at him he, he was kind of poking at him a little bit like she may know that john jones also has terrible punching <laughs> <laughs> but you know it just you know he was poking he was poking a little fun at like I, I can beat this guy like all he's got the gist of it was like all he's got is power but like you know that's what's that 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 was what i took kind of from their banner um, so they had a little brief back and forth exchange, which, you know, just kind of brings up the theoretical of if it were to happen and I'm not getting my hopes up, I, 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 this will be one of those fights I place into the category of, I'll believe it when I see it, but just to have a little bit of fun, if John Jones were potentially to fight at heavyweight and, uh, Step in against one Francis Ngannou. How do you how do you think this plays out? Oh, uh, Francis Ngannou knocks him the fuck out. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like just, uh, so like 
the pro- like I said, the problem I have with people who think like um because Stipe exposed um uh Engano um that like it, it, that all it really takes is somebody who is quote unquote skilled to be him. But Stipe has a particular set of skills that are unique to him in both the light heavyweight and heavyweight divisions, and that on, on top of being one very fast with his hands and you know very powerful, he's also very um. I, I want to use the word fluid. But he has an understanding of moving his feet while he boxes that basically no other heavyweight or light heavyweight does, including people like Daniel Cormier and um, and uh, Alexander Gustafson. And the reason he was able to take Ngannou down at all is because he outboxed him. If you look at the, uh, if you look at the early shots in that fight, Stipe was only uh, like Stipe got stuffed a couple of times before he was just like, okay, I gotta actually box with this guy if I want any shot of like beating him. And he was out fainting him. Um, you know, he he was changing levels on him. He'd fake low, get him to drop his hands, and then come over the top, or you know, vice versa. And that's what opened up the takedowns. Eventually, wore and got out. <clears throat> Mind you, Ngannou still fucking tagged him in, like, the fourth round after being exhausted. And he clearly hurt Stipe. Uh (laughs) But, like... So, like, John Jones talks about, like, Stipe's form... or, Or, not sorry, Francis's form. What is going to stop... When Jones decides he wants to kick from the outside, which is, you know, all he really does nowadays, what's going to stop Ngannou from doing what he did to Jazir Rosenstruck to John Jones? I mean, John Jones is quicker, but he also doesn't freaking angle off. He moves backwards in straight lines. He runs backwards straight into the cage. He did it against Dominic Reyes. He did it against... um. DC a whole bunch in their rematch when DC just decided to say, fuck it, I'm going to come forward and just whatever happens, happens. And as we've seen, like, Ngannou is not the guy. I mean, you shouldn't turn and run from anybody. It, it, right. We've seen that time and again how bad, uh, you know, CCC Andrew Kawani versus, uh, what was the old boy's name? What was the guy? Ah, Hordeki? Ah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. See, see, see that as a point of reference. But yeah, you should never turn and run from anybody. But against Ngannou, like, bro, that's... I even mean, if JDS he has turned his back to him. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, even though he, he... He might flail and miss, like, the first three. But, bro, he... he the man covered distance. Like, he's so big. Like, he, he's gonna get in there eventually. You might, I mean, you, you might yeah. get past the first couple. And that's the other thing. Like, I don't know what Jones' like leg reach is, but Ngannou has basically the same reach that he does, like with his hands. Hold up. Uh, let's see. Ngannou has a 83-inch reach. I mean, do you think Jones is like the Jones' best defense? Um, 
is basically bridging like so Jones has like a one and a half reach of inch reach advantage on him. Do you think that that thing he likes to do where he sticks his arm out and tries Prince, to like Prince don't care about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, like what's gonna stop a gun from just coming right over the top? I say, of bro, that? He, I'm about to say, bro, he is gonna wing an overhand right right over that hand, and he's gonna try to kill you, and it's it's not gonna stop. And I I don't. I don't envision Jones being able to, like, cause enough damage to where, like, he could really slow Francis down like that. Like, I mean, Jones could just kick at Francis' lead leg and, you know, try to take him out the game that way. But, like, we've seen people, like, that, 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 that strategy is not. It only works anymore because it's at light heavyweight, and it really doesn't work anymore. You know what I mean? But like, what's to stop it, God, from just throwing something over that and knocking Jones out that way? Like, I'm, I'm not saying Jones stands no chance, but it's just like, you know, he's John Jones. He's arguably the greatest fighter ever, but like, he has not gotten better. With, with, yeah, and, like, and his fights have been getting closer and closer <laughs> and closer. And, like, bro, this this ain't the guy you want to, for all he may lack in, like, technical proficiency, like, he, he, Jones's trajectory of how close his fights have been getting and how people are starting to have, like, more moments against him. And Ganu don't need moments, plural. He he just need one. Like <laughs> he and just as, need as we just saw, he is more than willing to just fucking force it. Right. <laughs> and to be honest, he can kind of he can kind of force the issue against Jones because albeit alright, yeah, we haven't seen Jones at heavyweight. But do we really see Jones packing on so much power that he could like one shot stop? Nganu, like, no. Nah. So nah. not only can I plot forward, I'm gonna ha- say I have to have complete disregard for what you're gonna throw back at me. But at the same time, I'm kind of not worried. Like you're not known to put people to sleep. Like <laughs> everything Stepe threw at him, and he was like, he was tired. He got taken down, but he was fine. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. It's just like, you know, he 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 got, you know, he slowed down, obviously, um, considerably from the second round on, but he kept taking the damage, kept getting back up, kept moving forward. Um, yeah, no, um, like DC and Jones, like I I don't see it, I I don't see that fight going well for either one of them, just because like. Both, like, both of them rely so heavily on just being able to take damage. Like, <clears throat> it's I don't know, Jones. This, this might not be the, uh, so, it might not like, be one. But at the same time, I don't think Jones really wants to fight so much as he just wants, like, his name to be out there. He, he wants to be the center of attention. I don't and, know. He's, he's giving himself some options. I mean, there's that, too. Yeah, you um, got, you but, got, you got, you can, you can build some Nganu hype now. You got that little trash talk going. If you want to do the rematch with Rez, you, you can do that. Um, 
I mean, J- Jones has learned from Connor that you got to build a narrative with everybody, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, he, he's to... giving himself options. So, I'm not, I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at it. But, um, um we're probably not going to get the fight regardless. Uh, so, there was talks about it at the uh, post-presser press last night for you. Um, after, uh, I already forgot the main event. Oh, my God. Uh, Harris over him. Hmm. Uh, and you know, the, uh, Dana White in typical Dana White fashion, where he just throws both his fighters under the bus because he doesn't want to pay either one of them the amount of money they would probably absolutely deserve if the fight got made. Um, Dana White, I don't know if Jones and Engano really want to fight. UFC Dana uh, President Dana White is skeptical about talks between Jones and Engano fighting each other. Uh, let me tell you this, and I'm not saying this in case uh is the case of the two you see a lot of talk online or whatever it might be actually making fights is a whole nother ball game oh so, like I, th- I think that's what it comes down to like Nganu has historically been a tough person to deal with according to dana white which i don't believe for a second i think Nganu just thought he was worth more than dana white thinks he's worth um and you know john jones is john jones um He's trying to make up about fifty million dollars he's lost by like losing like three years of his career due to suspension. <laughs> um, so like I, I can completely see like I can completely see both of them being like, yeah, no, this is the money fight for me right now, and Dana White being like, yeah, no, I'm not paying either one of you motherfuckers anything. You're gonna get your two hundred thousand dollars in Ghana, and you're gonna fucking like it. You know what I mean? And like I. I'm trying. I'm trying to think of it from like Dana's perspective. Like you probably don't want Jones to lose. Eh. Eh. I mean, if you want Jones to lose, you probably want him to lose to a light heavyweight so you can book that rematch. The rematch. I get yeah. that. You don't I mean, want him to because if he loses to Engano, it's not going to be a oh he lost a hard fought. Well, if, if you're a, it's, no, if he you're died. a promoter, <laughs> if you're a promoter, you're like oh well, you know what. John Jones currently the heavyweight champion. If he wants to go up and fight for the heavyweight title, you know that we can talk about that. But right now, there are contenders. He has a rematch with Dominic Reyes. He has Jan Blahovich and Glover Teixeira won earlier this week. You you tried to build. You know what I mean? You don't right. deconstruct it. You're like, oh no, these guys are just bluffing. Fuck them. Fuck them. You know. What yeah, because I mean? then so it's like if you like, go to heavyweight, it's like, are you really even gonna stay there? Like, yeah. Probably would be kind of like a one-off. Um, I don't think John Jones wants to fight a heavyweight. I, I really don't. I think if he wanted to, he would by now. Um, I think the only reason he wanted the Brock Lesnar fight was because he thought he could beat Lesnar. Like, yeah, he thought that would be like a really uh, a pretty simple fight for him, and it probably would be to be honest. Um, especially the Lesnar that fought Mark Hunt, but um. I, I don't think he actually wants to get in there and mix it up with, like, Stipe and, like, Francis Agano. Not because he doesn't think he can win. Just, just because, like, to him, it's probably just a fucking hassle. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't think Jones is in it for the challenge anymore. Like, this is purely a money-making endeavor for him. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I, I kind of agree. I, don't, I think if he would have done it, he could have done it by now. Like, we we could have... I don't know, yeah. It, he, he could have done it. And, and I feel like a couple of years ago, probably would have been... If he would have done it years ago, it would have made more sense, I feel like. Back when, like, pre-Dominic Reyes, pre... 
like, I think Jan was still around, but he wasn't, like, who he was now. Back when it, we really were kind of looking around, like, all right, man, who's actually going <laughs> to, is anybody going to beat this guy? Because DC didn't try, and we, he, we thought he might have been the guy, but he wasn't. Like, back then, it would have made more sense to go to heavyweight when light heavyweight really was just kind of this, it was this wasteland. Man, um, still wasteland, but now it has more, like, travelers. More yeah, Mad yeah. Maxes. Yeah, a couple more people that came through on the path, and they're they're actually, like, halfway decent. It's like, you, you kind of got to take them serious. So, yeah, like, a few years ago would have been the time for him to, to make the heavyweight jump. But, I don't know. We'll see, man. Crazier things have happened. Um... I'm not holding my breath on this fight, and if it does happen, like I think Jones has the skill to win, because he he's he, he's still a really good, like you said, he, he's still one of the best fighters ever. I just don't. I think some of the stuff that he gets away with at 205 might get him killed at heavyweight, um, because I mean, let's be honest, even if he goes to heavyweight, even if he packs on muscle, he's still gonna be small. Compared to a lot of these, a but lot of these guys really, that he's fighting, it's not even the small thing. It's just like you have to be able to hit in this division. Yeah, like his 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 style is I don't know like because he doesn't he's not like a knockout guy. I don't know how much his style really is gonna translate to heavyweight unless he starts taking dudes down <laughs> and maybe tries to win that way. Um Cause playing these little like little kickboxing matches, mm-mm. That heavyweight, nah, bro. Somebody's gonna hit you with a uh, just one of them looping right hooks, and it's it's gonna be a wrap. It's uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know how much his style really translates to to heavyweight. I think matchups for him would be a key for him having success at heavyweight. Um, but I don't know. We'll we'll see. It's it's some fun to just kind of theorize about, but um. They've blown smoke in the air. We'll, we'll see if it actually amounts to uh, to anything. Um, so that was that. And, and, and it's hypothetical in Ganu versus Jones. Um, I guess before we get to the card, um, I'll let you cover this because I, I didn't really look into it. Uh, but we talked about it pre-recording. Uh, Mr. Jason Herzog and his uh, uh, social media apology. Yeah, so if we'll, 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 like you said, we'll talk about it the the actual fight in a second. But if you guys saw um, Glover Teixeira versus Anthony Smith on Wednesday, May thirteenth, um, the last couple of rounds were pretty hard to watch. Um, it was not a um, it was not a um, entertaining beatdown, so to say. So much as it was a um, Another reminder that uh, MMA has a corner culture problem. Um, Glover Teixeira tenated uh, Anthony Smith across the last two rounds, uh, literally beating the teeth out of the man. Uh, it came out after the fight that Anthony Smith has false teeth and that Glover Teixeira beat the real teeth that he ha still has left in his mouth out of his face. Um, it was pretty clear um, partway through the fourth, um, probably partway through the third, to be honest with you, that Anthony Smith literally had nothing left in the gas tank. Uh, the only thing keeping him going was his toughness. 
he did not want to be in there. Um, and uh, the, the 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 fight continued their way up into the fifth round when Glover was finally able to get him out of there um, in the ring, in the cage, I'm sorry. Um, and uh, Jason Herzog had, um, well, well, we could, we'll talk about the corner's responsibility in a little bit. Jason Herzog, who was the referee of that fight and let it continue into the fifth round, had um, a statement that he put out. Um, and a, a really good one that I hope is actually accurate for the future. Um, and I'll just read it in its entirety right now. Um, this sport of MMA is beautiful and it's pure and an incredible teacher. Some lessons are more harsh than others. I've seen a lot of opinions about what should have happened, who was at fault. Well, let me be clear. There's only one person to blame, me. I am responsible for each fighter I am entrusted to oversee. I will take this experience, make the necessary changes, and get better. Um, and I think Joey had a very, um, I don't know if you saw it. I, I think Joey had a very good take about this whole thing on uh, Tumblr after the fight. Um, and it was that this, this, stop, this lack of a stoppage or this late stoppage was probably a direct result of what happened on Saturday with Dominic Cruz and Harry Soto. Um, like, th- th- there's no way it isn't. The- like, all these referees are friends, and they talk to one another, and they see the response that each other gets. Um, and, you know, having to see Keith Richardson, one of the best um, referees in MMA. And now I'm just wondering if I got his name wrong, because I don't think Peterson. it's Keith Richardson. <laughs> huh? Peterson. Peterson. Peterson, yeah. <laughs> Peterson. Keith Peterson uh, is one of the best refs in re- uh, MMA, as evidenced by the fact I don't remember his fucking name, which means he keeps his name out of controversies. Um, you know, he's one of the most consistent, and to see him get that type of, like, dirt thrown in his name, um, you know, a bunch of, like, really out-there allegations thrown against him. Also... So, who gives a fuck if he would smell like cigarettes? It's, like, it just occurred <laughs> yeah. to me. Like, so he smokes yeah. between breaks. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> Man, stressed out. It's a very high pressure job. Um, but if you're Jason Herzog and you see that, like you, and we saw again last night. Um, I think. Well, with uh, Overeem Harris. Uh, but we'll get to that too. Um, like you're. Like you give fighters more leeway than you might have if there was no controversy, you know, eight days earlier. I mean, it, it's pro- it's definitely been like a high stress week for all of these guys. Um, you know, you're down in Jacksonville. Like a lot of them are used to just traveling around between shows. Um, like one day you'll see Herb Dean re- refereeing like a UFC event, and like two days later on like Sunday he'll be in like Russia. You know, um gearing up to fucking referee the title fight of an ACA title fight. Uh, like, you know, it's, it's it, like, and I'm sure, like, this week has been incredibly stressful for them. Having to worry about, like, okay, how do, what do I do when, like, I'm done here? Like, do I have to self-quarantine? Uh, do I just immediately go home? Like, this, that, and the third. It, it, it's been, uh, like, all these things add up on top of one another. And, that, and like, and, and like Herzog said, he, like um, you know, you still have to take some of the blame. Like you know, you're dealing with people's lives and like their li- like their quality of life. Um, but it it was good to see him, you know, do some self reflection. Um, because unlike uh Peterson, 
that stoppage, that that lack of that late of a stoppage was horrendous. It, it was hard to watch. Yeah, I I appreciate his apology. I, I guess for me, I just I'm I'm always for somebody uh, owning up to a mistake that they thought they made. I guess for me in that situation, uh, I probably shouldn't expect it from the cornerman. But I, I always just seem to, I feel like it's more of because you know your fighter. Like, do you? I don't know. <laughs> but you like, also you also get the situations where guys think like I, I know my guy. He's going to come back from this. He's going to be stronger. Um, yeah, yeah, that is true. And like. Here's the thing with uh, Ante Smith. Like a lot of Ante Smith's best wins have come after he's yeah, yeah, been shit kicked out of him. But I feel like in those, and I, I can't remember all of them, but but there were I remember there were guys who like historically just like fall apart after the first round too. Like not not know. even not even just that, but like I don't know. I, a lot of times you can. I think we talked about this in um. Uh, what was that one fight? The the um, I was about, but not not Cadelia. Um, who did Nunez fight and like pummeled? Was it Pen uh, Pennington, right? Yeah. Yeah, like sometimes you can, you can just look at body language and tell like, oh no, he he's got to get out of there. Like in the beginning of like, uh, well, <laughs> I don't want to jump into the, but I'll, I'll just bring it up real quick before we actually get into that that fight, but. There was a point in, like, the fifth round where, like, bro, he just backed up to the cage. Like, he just clearly didn't want any any parts of that. And, yeah, I guess it does kind of fall both on the ref. Like, if you're the ref and you kind of see that, like, dude's just kind of, like, turtling up. After he's taken, like, the beating that he has, then, yeah, he probably could just wave this off. He kind of don't. But I'm also looking at the cornerman real funny, like, all right, you, you might know your guy's known for making comebacks, but his body language is clearly showing you that the comeback ain't happening this time, bro. He don't want to be in there. Yeah. And we'll get we'll get to the conversations because with the lack of fans, we've been able to clearly hear corner exchanges and fighters start talking to each other inside of the octagon. And I I think that's the one thing I've I've actually really enjoyed about not having fans. I actually am really enjoying, like, being able to clearly hear cornermen communicate and, like, these just little things that we didn't, might not have heard as clear before, um, when you normally just have all the crowd noise filling the extra space, but, um, yeah, the, the comeback wasn't happening in that one, bro. It wasn't, it wasn't there. Um, but no, I, I hope, and not, I'm, I'm pessimistic about this, but <laughs> you would like to hope you know, Herzog throws out this apology. A referee's job is, it's almost a damned if you do, damned if you don't kind of thing. Um, but you, you would like to hope that hopefully we all can sit back and look at this. And it's going to happen again, but you would just like to see it not be so frequent. Like, I don't know, but it's it's hard, man. It it It's really... I can't imagine like, like like in the moment trying to process something like that like while it's happening. Probably not the easiest thing to do, but I don't know. I just feel like there are certain there are certain signs and just if a dude just starts turtling up, I, I feel like at that point I don't even care if he's not getting hit, bro. Get him out of there. <laughs> like just 
if somebody starts walking you down, and your first thought is, yeah, I'm going to just kind of put my hands up and just kind of, yeah, no, nah, we got to get you out of here, man. You don't want any parts of this, clearly. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. But good on Herzog for owning up. Um, and hopefully we, we see some improvements. Hopefully we see some improvements from referees and, and cornermen alike. Um, that was pretty much it for the news. Um, so I guess we can just move on to the fight, which probably is the perfect segue because we're going to talk about the fight that we just referenced anyway. Um, <laughs> moving on. Uh, we had two cards this week, so like I said, we're going to briefly cover kind of both of them. We're just going to kind of nitpick um, anything that kind of stood out uh, to us from these cards, which I ain't going to lie to you guys for uh, the chair versus Smith. Wasn't a whole lot. <laughs> not, not a lot to talk about, but got to cover it. So the first uh, fight night card we got this week was uh, UFC Fight Night. Jacksonville, which uh, was headlined by Glover Teixeira versus Anthony Smith. And I guess, like I said, we just kind of just talked about this with the Jason Herzog, but I guess we can do a little bit of a more of a deep dive. Um, so I actually just rewatched this fight this morning because uh, I hadn't watched it since the first time it happened. Um, I thought Smith, he started off good, you know. He, he, he set a pretty, pretty good pace. Um... He was consistently in Glover's, Glover's face, throwing jabs, throwing one-twos, just really kind of putting putting pressure on Glover. He was really hitting him with some hard shots. He was unloading pretty pretty hard. He was putting a, putting a lot of sting into his shots pretty early. Um, but Glover, man, t- toughest old man to ever live. He, he, he was taking the punishment. He was still showing that after the first couple rounds, like, yeah, I'm, I'm, still, I'm still here. Um... And I'm I'm not really going anywhere. I think it took a little time for Glover to kind of get his timing down, get his get, get everything kind of set in order. And then once it happened, uh, and it started at the I would say the tail end of the second when he rocked him. I mean, the, um, yeah, like that's the sequence where Glover Teixeira, forty-year-old Glover Teixeira, renowned boxer, wrestler, grappler dude, hits Anthony Smith, who is just like sitting up against the cage, using it to stand up with a spinning back kick. <laughs> Bro, Glover started getting loose out there, man. That might have been, <laughs> that might have been the first spinning back kick Glover Teixeira's ever thrown. It, probably. It has to be. has to be. Like, I'm talking about in training, too. <laughs> like, where did you, where did you, tool said you pull that out of, buddy? But, um, nah, man, it seemed like that was the beginning of the end. Like, he he got that last flurry in the, at the end of the second, and it just felt like after that moment, the tide of the fight was just starting to turn. You know, Smith was trying to keep that pace up, but you could just kind of tell, like, he was starting to look, he was starting to get a little winded, start starting to breathe a little hard, and next thing you know, Glover's landing those hooks, those uppercuts, man, uh... But he uppercutted Smith so many times in this fight, and it just started to become apparent, like, oh snap, Glover's about to—he's about to kick another one of you young guys off the lawn. <laughs> like he—he's he, about had it up to here with y'all thinking y'all gonna come on his lawn and disrespect him. And yeah, man, Smith starts getting winded. 
Glover starts landing these hooks. He starts landing these uppercuts. He's putting his hands together. And, you know, he's still taking some shots, but he, he's showing kind of like that, just that grit that we've seen from him in these last couple of fights. Where I don't know what it is, but at 40 years old, this man is still fighting like he's just really got something to prove out there. And like you said, we, we mentioned it earlier, he just starts to put it on Smith, man. He 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 really starts to hurt this dude. I think he he dropped him in the third. Um, had him on the ground, beat him up for a little bit. Probably gave him a little time to rest. Um, thought he was gonna pummel him a little more, but after a while, it's, it got hard to watch. Like you could, it, it went from oh snap, Glover's like he's about to pull it, he's about to win, and then it got the beating got to the point where it's like oh. Um, Okay, we probably should, uh, like, I give Smith the, them letting him go after the third, because that was, like, when he first took some real, like, significant, significant damage, but it's like, all right, see if he can, you know, you can give him a chance to see if he can come back from that. It's not over, over yet. He's getting beat up, but it's not over, over. Fourth round, ugh, it was bad. It was, uh, it wasn't, it wasn't looking good, um. We mentioned, you know, no crowd, so you can kind of hear a lot of the banner going back and forth. Um, I don't remember exactly what round it was, but there was literally a point where Glover, like, apologized for beating him up. I think that was the third. Like, he he had, he was, like, on, they were on the ground, he was kind of, like, hovering over Smith's back, like, punching him, and then he kind of stops, no, not stops, but he's kind of like, I'm sorry, this is, like, you know, it's a part of the... It's a part of the business. And Smith was like, yeah, I know it is what it is. And it was kind of at that point where you realize, like, oh, snap. Uh, we probably should get Smith out of there. Like, <laughs> when a dude is beating you up and he is apologizing. And this is like a sincere, like, I don't think he was being, like, condescending or, like, you know, you know, being, like, real cocky. I think he really was concerned, like, I'm really kind of beating this man up. And it's kind of bad, and it doesn't seem like they're going to stop it. And Smith just kind of like, yeah, it's just, you know, this is what we get paid to do. This is my fate now. Yeah. And at that moment is when it's like, okay, this is, I love Glover, man. I'm always, I root for Glover in like every fight. You know, I want him to kick all the young people off the lawn. But it just got hard to watch. Like, all right, man, he's kind of, he's really beating this guy's face in. Um, like I said, man, those uppercuts, man. He was uppercutting Smith's life away. And it, it just, it got brutal. It, it got real brutal in there. Um, what round did the teeth come out? Because I missed that in real time. I want to say that was the fourth round. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Because that was, that was around when things really... Like, it took a left turn in the third, but it took a real, like, spiral in the fourth. It was like a 10 round. Yeah, yeah. That fourth round was... It, in the midst of the brutality, though, it's... It's... it's yeah. I almost feel bad for saying, like, I'm trying to pull a positive. Cause I don't want to see any, like... I know it's a fight. People are going to get hurt. But, like, I don't like seeing people... It's one thing to get, like, pummeled, but you're still, like, fighting back and, like, making it like a war. So, like, I don't feel as bad because, like, all right, he's still got, like, some fight left in him. But, like, in this one, it, it kind of looked like he just, man, like, he was just, Smith was just taking it. 
And it was just like, I get it, man. Warrior, go out on the shield. But I'm like, bro, I don't want to see you go through this. This is, uh, I, I wouldn't wish this on nobody. Um, I don't know. What, what, what was your, you know, any, any like technical takedowns? I thought, I thought, you know, br brutality aside, I thought Glover looked, once he got going, man, he, he was looking pretty sharp, man. He, he looked, uh, for a 40 year old, you, you, you can't ask for much better. I mean, when Glover has somebody who will literally stand directly in front of him, he he you know, he, he weathers the early storm and tends to. That's the one thing about Glover. Like he has a tremendous, he has tremendous like cardio, especially for, like a forty year old man. Um, I think it was Jordan Breen who mentioned this on the um, on Twitter after the fight. But like one thing people don't realize about Glover Teixeira is that he spent most of like his early life um, in like. The most rural parts of Brazil, where all there was for him to do was like to just fucking do farm work. So he has that yeah. like uh, Jessica Andrade like strength. <laughs> yeah, like that 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 Brazilian farm person strength that like him and like Jessica Andrade have. You know what I mean? Where it's just like they're strong, and they can be strong for like twenty five minutes if they need to be. Mm -hmm. So, um, like. So when like Glover's able to actually put his hands on you, he is a physically imposing person, and like at a certain point, Anthony Smith stopped moving his feet, and Glover just was able to like you know draw like there was a, the, the sequence that ended up getting Smith dropped in the third round was him trying to grab onto like Glover and like have him in um like a collar tie or something, and Glover was just like no. And it proceeded to hit him with a series of uppercuts <laughs> and overhand right. It's just like you, you can't do shit against that man. Like he's he's ridiculously strong. We we know for a fact that he's a fantastic grappler. Um, yeah, he's not the deepest wrestler in the world, but like he has he is a very good fundamental two hundred five oriented takedown game. Um, For two hundred five, he's extremely well rounded. Yes. Um. You know, like the 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 thing is with like Anthony Smith, I never have like a technical breakdown. Anthony Smith, he is he has a journeyman's game. Um, as the type where he can beat somebody like Alexander Gustafson, or um, uh, who's the other dude he beat? Um, Volkan Uzdemir. But he could also just straight up go out there and lose to like somebody like Johnny Walker. You know what I mean? Right. The, the 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 it's kind of like um it's not exactly like it uh, Ed, uh Michael Johnson kind of has like the opposite problem where it's like he's so good at what he does but like what he does is so limited that like he he he, he beats Dustin Poirier and loses to freaking Diago Moises but like Smith has the other problem where he's kind of okay at everything and he fights really hard. But like, if you're really good at something, at certain parts of the game, like he he, he just fucking beats you. He, he, like like you could just fucking beat him like senseless, and that's what Glover did. Um, like I, I I don't have a lot of like technical things to say because like half this fight was just Glover doing whatever he felt like, and it's still not being enough for the referee to hop in there or for Smith's corner to go in there and be like, we gotta protect your quality of life. It's just like, dude, you're gonna die for this extra 
$20,000 or whatever his win yeah. bonus is. I have no idea how much Anthony Smith is paid. I, I assume oh, God, they put, they put, somebody put the payouts out. I, I, I don't have it up, though. Uh, I'm going to check um, really quick. But, like, whatever it was, it wasn't worth that. No. Mm-mm. Like, Mm-mm. Who, who was the other fight? That, the other fight that happened this week that was just like, dude, like, you don't get paid enough to do this. Sh- I, I think it was the Elkins fight. Or I was like, Derek, there's no way they pay you enough to go out there and do this. Well, at this point, Elkins just, I think he just accepts it. Uh, I think he's just like, I gotta But even in the Elkins fight, it. like, he was at least still fighting back. Yeah. Like, this fight was like, jeez, man, this fourth round i'm looking at everybody like we're all watching the same thing right like is in is somebody gonna <laughs> no no yeah. <laughs> like, like bro we're all seeing this man get pummeled he lost his teeth like what, what else do you want from him like get this man out of there he already had like a hard month man they tried to rob his house uh whenever that happened like give this man a break Jesus Christ. They really wanted to give that. He really wanted that John Jones rematch, too. So. Well, good good luck on that one. I mean, can uh, still get it. Let's be real. I Let's know be real. Heavyweight before that. <laughs> I don't know. But, yeah, there's not really much else to say other than Glover to share is a uh, fantastic 40 year old fighter. Um, the man can take some punishment. Still really highly skilled, still really well-rounded, still really dangerous. He is not one of these old guys that you're about to just go in and have an easy out against. You might tag him a couple times, but that don't mean nothing. He ain't done. He's going to get his shots. And when he gets his, you better be able to withstand. Because if not, uh, good, good, good luck to you. It really sucks that he didn't get to the UFC in his younger days. Because I remember, didn't he have, like, visa issues or something like that back in the day? <laughs> So, the thing is, like, I guess he did, but he lived in Connecticut. So, like, he lived here, <laughs> but he couldn't fight here, which is weird. Yeah, I don't know. But we I, I, we, we probably were robbed of a lot of his best years. Um, It would have been fun to see him in the UFC, maybe when... Even if he was only, like, 30. Cause I forgot, by the time he got to the UFC, that man had to have been, like, 35 already or something. He was, like, 33. I'm just imagining, like, if we could have had Glover when he was, like, 28. Hold on, let me... So he is exactly 40 right now, right? He got to the UFC when he in 2014, so he would have been, like, yeah, 36. Or 34, 34. Yeah, like, and that's normally when you start to... You're still good, but the, the downslide is... You're, you're kind of, like, evening out. You're either on your downslide or, like, you're... I thought got there at 31. God. Because he got there in 2012. Even still, man. Well, I mean, like, at that point, he had 20 career fights. And the way that Glover fights, it's... He wears a lot of it on his face. Yeah, I, about yeah. To say, I imagine a lot of those fights weren't real uh, clean cut. Like, he was <laughs> he was probably taking some damage or dishing out. Like, it, it was probably some rough... Probably had some rough ones. It, it just it would have been fun to have Glover in that era, like when Machida and Shogun and all those guys were still kind of, you know, young and nimble. Yeah. <laughs> like he would have been really fun to watch if we just could have thrown him in that mix just to see like what would have happened. But um, 
Cause he's he's got a lot of good quality wins. Um, yeah, I just I think what if about him a lot. But man, I, I appreciate what we have gotten. Shout out to Glover Teixeira. Uh, got the TKO over Anthony Smith. Um, like I said, we're not really gonna cover this card in whole. Um, I'll read the results, uh, and if you have any quick thoughts, we can talk about it for like a couple seconds. Other than that, we we can just keep it moving. Uh, but co-main event, uh, a fight I did not watch, and I probably will not <laughs> go back to watch. <laughs> but uh, Ben Rothwell and Ovin St. Proof for that heavyweight. Oh, um, all I'll say about this one is abolish 205. Just have all the 205ers fight at fucking the heavyweight because OSP could have easily won this fight. Ilya Ratifi easily could have won the fucking Derek Lewis fight. Like, there's no reason for that division to exist anymore. It's already been proven that these guys can compete a division up. Uh, well, Ben Rothwell got a split decision over OSP. I didn't see it, so I can't talk about it. It was I a bad really... fight. It yeah, was a it very, is. very bad fight. <laughs> it sounds like it. It was also a fight that if OSP was like two years younger, he probably would have knocked Ben Rothwell out. But... When I saw this was the co-main event, I was like, ew. <laughs> that is a... Oven St. Prue came in at 240 and one half pounds. Jesus Christ! And they the, the the his corner after the fight was again. Like, yeah, no, we're gonna go back to two hundred five. Um, eventually, we don't know when. But like OSP is also like thirty seven. So like, Bro, just just stay a heavyweight man. Just yeah, whatever. Just stay and just fight stay the Ben Roffles of the division. Like, come on, yeah. you'll get a win over one of them eventually. <laughs> yeah, but that was that fight. Uh, Drew Dober, uh, TKO Alex Hernandez. Shout out to Drew Dober, man. He's been on a nice little, uh, nice little roll lately. Six um, of his last seven, man. Yeah, man. And and it's been like impressive wins over like really solid competition. Um, and I, I went and watched this fight this morning because I, I didn't get a chance to watch it uh, in real time live. But uh, nah, man. Dober Dober's been looking good, man. Dober, Dober's putting on a lot of fun fights. Definitely somebody to to watch out for at lightweight. Um, a fight I do need to rewatch that I did not watch yet. Um, uh, Ricky uh, Simone and Ray Borg. Uh, Simone uh, won via split decision. Um, I got I got to go back and watch that one. That was actually a fight I was looking forward to. I didn't didn't get a chance to watch it. So I feel like I have to do this disclosure every time. Um, my my man referees a fight, but uh, so the the, the fight was pretty obviously like. Like there, there's no way to score. There was no way to score for Ray Borg, um, but one of the one of the judges gave him a twenty-eight to uh, twenty-nine twenty anyway. Um, and do you know who that is? Do, do you know the the judge's name, Sensei? Oh yeah, I know who you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. So the judge's name is uh, David Torelli. <laughs> and if you're from my neck of the woods, you might know him as Sensei Torelli. Um, as he's a former TSK um, instructor and fighter, um, and he was my like kickboxing slash karate slash jujitsu trainer slash coach slash sensei when I was like ten years old, <laughs> and, and he is a notoriously god awful judge. <laughs> yeah, well, at least the right guy still won in the end. Uh, we're gonna see him again because I think he um he was alongside he 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 had some of the ju- judging duties on Saturday as well, 
So, oh, we'll, you know, a couple of those we'll contentious decisions. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get to that. Uh, yeah, yuck. <laughs> a fight I did watch. Andre Avlosky, uh defeated Felipe Lenz via unanimous decision. Um, I actually went to sleep right after that fight. I stayed up because I actually, you know, it was on a Wednesday, so I had to work the next one. I couldn't stay up and watch all this. But um, <laughs> I watched that fight. I was like, all right, as long as Arlovsky wins, I can go to sleep and I'll be okay. And he won. Yeah, it wasn't the greatest fight. You know, a little heavyweight kickboxing match, <laughs> but hey, man, he got the win. I was happy. And that was all that mattered. So, shout out to Andre Arlovsky, man. That's my guy. Uh, he won via unanimous decision. I don't want to talk about this fight a lot, but we got to talk about it like kind of a little bit. It was Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> the only way this Michael Johnson fight could have been more Michael Johnson is if he had won the first like four minutes of the fight and at the four oh one mark he just got heel hooked or blocked. <laughs> like this this was him speed running one of his own fights. It was a <laughs> God. Beat the crap out of Thiago Moises. Like to the point where like Moises was literally not throwing anything back by the end of the first round. Comes out, immediately gets shot on in the second round. Does a good job of defending the the, the takedown. Puts the leg up, you know, tries to create the bridge. But Moises drops down into guard, locks up a straight foot lock, and gets the tap 25 seconds into the second round. Bruh, it is the... <laughs> if that is not a Michael Johnson fight, I don't. <laughs> oh, my God. He, he is just... So much talent. So and it sucked because like he 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 we we didn't really want like the idea of him going to featherweight and he finally comes back up to lightweight and this is what happens and it's like, bro, you beat Dustin Poirier, you knocked him out, bro, you beat Tony Ferguson, Ferguson, and this was Ferguson while he was like this was before the run that he was he, oh yeah was, this was before but he was also the only loss in the UFC Tony's ever had. Right. Prior to... And that was Barboza when Barboza was still, like, scary. Yeah. Like, that was a prime Barboza. And it's like, how do you lose? (laughs) And there's no disrespect to Tiago, but it's like, bro, like, this shouldn't have happened. But it's a Michael Johnson fight. And in his fights, for whatever reason, like, logic just doesn't apply, like... So, I, I found, I, I was looking through his record before the fight, and it, it occurred to me that he had beaten Tony Ferguson and then lost to Reza Madadi and Miles Jury in the same year. Like, like Miles Jury ain't even in the UFC no more. <laughs> Donald Cerrone kicked that man into another organization. Where, who, when's the last time you heard of Reza? Where's Reza Madadi? Oh, is he God, back in jail? Man. I don't. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, we're not. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, he's in AC. Oh, he retired. I was gonna say he's in ACB, but he went there, lost a few, and then retired. God, man, Michael Johnson, bro. He. <laughs> Some... I forgot. Somebody had posted this. Not Andreas Hill. It's the other guy who does this podcast. But, but um, no. Everybody came to the same conclusion, like. Michael Johnson just has one of the weirdest careers. Like when, whenever he retires and we look back at his career, I'm not really gonna like. How do you explain him? Yeah, like he is—he is an enigma. Like, I think he's 
is like the best example of how MMA like styles make fights. Like Dustin Poirier is not a takedown guy. He's a pocket boxer, basically. And that's Michael Johnson's like one distinct skill set is that he's really good in the pocket boxing. And then he knocks him out. Also that he has like ridiculous, you know, power of power and speed. Like his hands yeah. are fast, man. And like Tony Ferguson's especially earlier in his career was a dude who could get like really drawn into those like mid range boxing matches and Michael Johnson could capitalize on that. Like the the people who Johnson beats are people who give him the type of fight he wants. Weirdly enough, not Edson Barbosa, who Johnson fought against type to beat, which was the weirdest thing. Because if, if you remember that fight, Johnson pressured the crap out of Barbosa. Like, refused to give him any room to breathe. And that's not typically Johnson's game. He, he's much more of an open space fighter. He saw them leg kicks. He was like, nope. Exactly. <laughs> Not doing this one, buddy. It's so, like, his career arc is so weird, man. Like, it's not yeah. weird to see him lose to, like, Benil Darius or even Nate Diaz and Khabib and Justin. But it's weird to see him lose to Darren Elkins and, like, Josh Emmett and Stevie Ray. Yeah, like, it's, <laughs> his losses are just, they are puzzling. Like, but, like, yeah. if, if you're trying to explain how, like, in MMA styles make fights, I think Johnson's, like, a really good example of that. Whew. Boy. What a career. <laughs> what? I mean, at least it'll be interesting. Yeah, yeah, that's one thing. A Michael Johnson fight will never be born, for better or worse. For all Something's going to happen. Reason. Right. <laughs> Something's going to happen. It might be great and spectacular, or it might be utterly terrible. But it is going to be entertaining nonetheless. But shout-outs to Tiago Moise. Um, he realized he was getting lit up on the feet in the first round. Said, nah, we're not doing that second round. Went straight for the takedown. Did what he had to do. That is what it is. I didn't realize he had lost so many times in the UFC. He's lost three fights already. Um, he's actually only two and three. That's wild. Hmm. I mean, I didn't have, like, high expectations for him. Like, I, I, I've been following him, obviously, since ever since he fucking pulled off that helicopter armbar um, against, what was it, Dave Castillo in you know, RFA. Hmm. But, like, I, like, I, like, if his game is always going to be, like, oh, I have to be, like, on my back doing submissions, like, it's not, I, my thought process was it's not going to be that great. But it's cool to see him get a one here. It worked. <laughs> it worked. And a uh, quick run through of the prelims. Uh, Sajar Eubanks defeated uh, Sam Maras uh, via unanimous decision. <laughs> uh, Omar Morales and Gabriel Benitez beat the life out of each other. <laughs> um, Omar Morales uh, won that fight via unanimous decision. Uh, who who was the one that got their legs split? That was nasty. Um, I want to say that was Benitez. I was trying to avoid that, like, that video, and then my friend sent it to me. I was like, oh, I didn't know what it was when he sent it to me, and I clicked on it. <laughs> Bro, his leg was, like, open, open. Oh, yeah. Like, it was like, like it got, was open. Uh, it, it was like 
one of those like really nasty cuts that you would normally see like above some fighter's eye, and then they would call yeah. the fight. It was on his leg, and it was just it was nasty. I don't limb limb things really freak me out. That was yikes. But they put on the they put on the fight though. They they them dudes was just out there just throwing. Um, <laughs> oh, Morales got to change his nickname though. Um, wasn't he to do his nickname was just like Venezuelan fighter. <laughs> I think that was him. Oh, hold on. I, I think his nickname is Omar Venezuelan fighter Morales. I like, bro. Maybe it just sounds better in like Spanish. I don't know. I don't know. I like, Luchador de uh, Venezuela. I don't know. Like, yeah, bro, you gotta change that, man. You gotta, you gotta do something about that. You can't put on these kind of fights and that be your nickname. That don't. See, he doesn't have a nickname listed on uh any of these other uh like fight sites but his his full name is omar antonio morales ferrer which is that sounds better than <laughs> venezuela like, what do you create a character like what, <laughs> what is that it's like defining characteristic i'm the only villain uh venezuela right uh, nah, bro. yeah you, you gotta do something about that man but that awesome fight though awesome fight um Moving down, uh, Brian Kelleher uh, got a K over Hunter Azor, ended his uh, undefeated streak, and uh, Chase Sherman returned to the UFC and got a TKO win over, I think it was a UFC newcomer, Isaac Villanueva. Um, so shout out to Chase Sherman, uh, Sherman getting his uh, getting the UFC comeback win. So that was uh, the first fight night card in Jacksonville. Um, decent card. Um, From an entertainment standpoint, it was fine. If you just want some random ass violence on the Wednesday night, it was fine. Um, yeah. If if just, you wanted anything like substantive that's gonna mean something moving forward, probably it wasn't for you. Yeah. No, nothing. There wasn't a ton to like pull from this card. It was just kind of one of those. We're in the moment. Let's just watch people fight. Yeah. It, and that's just kind of what that was. So like, I I I think I mentioned this um last week when we had to sit through like Span versus uh. Uh, Alvi. Alvi. Yeah. Um, like I, I've almost exclusively been just watching like high level kickboxing, Muay Thai, and boxing matches during this you know pandemic. Uh, with with some grappling mixed in here and there, but you know mostly just like the strikers and like catching up on like all the kickboxing stuff I didn't know or boxing stuff I don't know. Um, it, it just like wa- going from that to watching some of these prelims, I kind of get. <laughs> why uh why why a lot of like strictly striking art fans um are like really, really angry <laughs> are, are really dismissive of mma fighters because like whoa yes it's a world of world of difference i mean like i i i felt this way watching bits of um the fight we a fight we might get to. I don't even know if we're gonna get to it because like, let's be real. Like, who cares besides us? Um, like uh, Elkins versus man with incredibly complicated last name. Uh, no, land, land, Landweir. Landweir. I did not know he sounded like that. I thought he was German. Why did he sound like a black uncle? He's from Tennessee. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what is? That? <laughs> I was like, what is going on? Here? Like, I saw his picture he... and I saw his name. And I'm like, oh, he's German or something, right? And then I see the American flag. I'm like, oh, wait, that's confusing to me. So, he, I mean, like, you know, that whole area of the United States, they're, they're, like, there's more ethnic Germans in the U.S. than there is anything else. Um, 
But that man sound like he just left the cookout. Yeah. <laughs> At the same time, he's from, like, you know, Tennessee. So he's got that accent going for him. Uh, that was, that was, <laughs> they gave him the miles, but I have no idea what I'm witnessing right now. But uh, we'll probably get to it. I ain't, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Th- this card, I have a little bit more to talk about. Cause it, I ain't going to say these fights were more substantial, but they, I feel like they, they have some more weight to them. They have some more weight. To, to some of these fights. Um, so moving on. Uh, second card of the week. Uh, where did this one take place? Oh yeah, they're both in Jacksonville. Everything's in Jacksonville. Yeah, everything's in Jacksonville. The UFC is a Jacksonville company now. Yeah. That's that's uh, that's where they're moving. Uh, the Performance Institute got to go there now. Everybody's moving to Jacksonville. It's crazy. Black Zillions might come back. It's going to be a Florida thing. Are they back? Is that Jim Dunn? What? No, they they split and now like I think the owner died. Like he had a heart attack or something. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, I do remember. But like now, a lot of the fighters who were at that gym are now with um Henry Hoofs at like a gym called Hard Knocks something something, which is where um I think what's his face trains, which is uh Michael Johnson trains. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, like, you have Johnson and Kamaru Usman and all those guys. Well, second uh, day of fights happened on Saturday. Um, also in Jacksonville, UFC Fight Night, Overeem versus Harris. Um, man. Uh, where to start with this one? Um, man, this, this, this is a weird fight to like talk about so, just because of every yeah no so like so we start with so apparently some people didn't know um that walt harris's daughter uh stepdaughter was um kidnapped and murdered back in december was it yeah um but you know that's the long and short of that um and the UFC, if you didn't know, they made sure you knew by the end of the night. Um, yeah. Because, boy, I, oh boy. Um, I didn't it, mind that they brought it up because, like, it is a thing that happened. And, like, if you were in the know, like, you kind of know, like, the last time we heard about Walt Harris, it was because of that. But, you know, but, well, obviously, we he was on a good run. We were supposed to get this yeah. fight, but it had to be canceled because, you know. Yeah. So, I don't mind that they brought it up because you... you, you it is kind of one of those things, like, I ain't gonna say you have to acknowledge it, but, like, we all know, like, this was a thing that happened, and it was a pretty big news story, so yeah. you kind of have to cover it in some capacity. Yeah, so, like, but, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with that. I don't need a reminder at every commercial break. Yeah, yeah, that was I, a bit I don't need to see Walt Harris cry 30 times before he potentially gets knocked out in the main event. Yeah. That was that was a bit uh, end, a bit much. Yeah, because like this isn't like a basketball game or like a baseball game or like a football game where like you know you come back and win or lose, you know, it, it's still a thing that you made it to like the game. You know, what I mean, you you you've gone through the recovery process, um, with your family, you've healed, and like this is a story of triumph, right? Because like that's not how that's not how combat sports work, like. Don't get me wrong. I'm happy that Harris and his family are in a good enough place again that he's able to compete. That you know, that's really important. That's great. 
But like winning and losing in MMA is emotionally charged. Like you feel bad for fighters when they lose fights that are just like random prelim fights. Like I felt bad right. for like Darren Elkins. Because this was just a random-ass fight for him. But, like, you know, like you, you, uh, there's always a lot riding on these things. Right. And this was a huge opportunity for Harris. Like, facing a, a guy who was, like, a champion in, like, three other organizations, a former, you know, K-1 champion, former title challenger. Um, and to see him lose in the manner that he lost could not, uh, like... A sadistic, the most sadistic person in the world could not write that script out. And then, like, and make feel it feel bad for o- Overeem too, because it's like he's just, you don't want to be the guy that beat because you, you're probably gonna catch heat that you don't really deserve. Like this was the one fight, like where it was like everybody wants Overeem to lose. You're right. Everybody wants. And it's Overeem. no fault of it's no fault of your own. Like it's there's nothing you can do. Like. Except maybe not take the fight, but like that's not your job, right? So, you gotta, like, you gotta fight. So, to see Walt Harris come so close, <laughs> only like I, I think Connor Rebus put it best. He's like, of all of the ways that I thought that this fight could turn out, this was both of them, <laughs> right? <laughs> Like, Overeem gets tagged in the first, and we're like, oh, well, we all saw that coming. That chin was going to get tapped eventually. He uh, he caught Overeem back against the cage and hit him with a nice, like, little three-piece on the way down. Well, like he's, so, like, oh, he countered something that Overeem threw, like, with a four-punch combination. Missed on the first three, and then hit him on the fourth one with, like, an uppercut that Overeem didn't see coming. And then Overeem goes down. And this is and what, we all know. Yeah, I would say normally when Overeem goes down, it's like, oh, well, matter of time before that happened. But like they let him keep going. Yes, yeah, I was for sure. I for sure thought they were going to stop see, it. So this comes back to you know Dominic Cruz, Henry Cejudo. Um, I don't remember who was the ref during this one. Hold up, was, was it Herb? Uh, I can't remember. Uh, TV commentary broadcast. I think it was her. I think it was her. Alright, so we're, it was Dan, it was Tan Dan. Tan Dan. Oh, Dan Tan Dan. So Tan Dan <laughs> is standing over Harris as he is just dropping bombs on Overeem. And to Overeem's credit, it's not like, he does, like, not stiff off, but, like, he does obviously get, like, hurt multiple times. But he is still moving. He's still defending with his hands. And by some miracle. He finds a way to get back to his feet. Back up. <laughs> and, bro, we, we never see that. Like, normally when Overeem goes down, bro, it's not a pretty sight. When Overeem goes normally down, ain't he back does up. not get up. Yeah. No, that, that it's over. That is a consistent throughout his career. And I was so, like, emotionally, like... I was like, oh, this is not going to be good. Yeah, because, like, on one hand, I'm like, I'm, like, super proud of Reem. Like, oh, he got... Yes, he's back up. But at the same time, it's like, oh, man, but Walt Harris, that was the moment. Like, you could have... At that. And at that point, like, Walt Harris can, you know, it's still, like, he's still in control of the fight. It's 
when Overeem backs up against the fence and Walt Harris decides that he is going to turn from a boxer into a kickboxer, <laughs> that yeah. becomes an issue. Because, yeah, when yeah, go, go he throws that kick, and I was like, oh, no. <laughs> and when he missed it, and Overeem gave him that little push to the ground, I was like, oh, no. And I kind of knew, like, uh-oh, it's, it might be over. Because, like, Cause... My, my read into this fight was Overeem was going to shoot on Harris and just take him down because Harris has no ground game and no, like, defensive wrestling to speak of. He was just going to take him down and hold him there for 25 minutes. And to Reem's credit, he didn't, let, he didn't do that. He got him down and just started beating the crap out of him. Yeah. Like they We've seen throughout his career, man. He has a slick, slick ground game. Yeah, like Felder and um, was it Brandon Fitzgerald? Were yeah. um, were both on commentary trying to say like, oh, like he's just pitter pattering with on him, and it's just like it's not that heavy. It's just like, and then Bisbing's in the like the one who's sitting right in front of him. He's like, no, these look like they hurt. And I'm just like, of course <laughs> they hurt. Overeem is a 250 pound man who hits like a freaking truck. Yeah, anything he throws hurts. Yeah, don't 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 let the knockouts fool you. The man is still a very physically imposing <laughs> motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, he oh. hits you. It's not a good time. Oh, props to, also props to Overeem for the sit out, reminding people that he started off as a grappler before he became a kickboxer. Just the duck under sit out that he hit on Harris to get to his back. That, that boy it was. That was some that that was some slick stuff. I appreciate he's, he's that. He's slick, man. Yeah, when he he got that taken, I was like, oh god, here yeah, here we go. <laughs> yeah, here we go. But he made it out the first, got out the first, and we got to the second round, and it did not get any better. Nope. A, a very and tired, like, very winded um, Walt Harris, Harris. Yeah. Uh, gets tagged with a. Uh, Super freaking slick head kick to a right hook yeah. combination that puts him down. Uh, like, I like mean, we forget, man. Like when when Overeem's not getting beat up too bad, <laughs> and he can actually like operate, but he is still really really good. Yeah, the Overeem's problem more than his chin is just that he has like terrible defense. Um, Danny Martin over at the fight site wrote a little bit about Overeem's kickboxing career. And it was basically mostly just about, like, how, like, his run through K1 involved him just being this massive motherfucker with, like, these huge-ass muscles and, like, in these big-ass gloves that would just literally just shield up. And it was just impossible to punch around his guard because he was freaking biceps were the size of people's heads. So, like, Overeem's defense has always been his issue. Um, and, the, like, yeah... Part of that is that, like, he gets back to the cage, like he did here, and Harris was able to tag him, kind of similarly to how Fred Segano was able to tag Jazinho uh, Rosenstruck uh, last week. It was just like, of course you're going to get tagged. You got backed into the fence. What did you expect? And, um, yeah, when over is on offense, he's freaking dynamo. Uh, there's a reason this dude was able to knock out like Mark Hunt and JDS, and you know he had Stipe Miocic hurt. Like he he is not like he is a glass cannon, but he is a cannon still. 
and um, it was just too it was just too much for Harris. And I I made a prediction before the fight that Harris would lose, and then they would stick a microphone in front of his face anyway, and we'd all have to see him cry. And um, to Paul Felder's credit, he did, he handled it about as in as classy a way as you want possible. And uh, Harris just you know he he, he was nothing but um, grateful and sincere, and um, yeah, um, to you know everybody who was involved in the process of um, him and his family, you know, supporting him and his family. So that was good, but. And you don't want to like not give him the opportunity to thank people, right? Right. Like, you you don't want like uh okay, over him you won. I know that was a big like congratulations, and then you just cut to black or whatever. Because we spent the entire night. It might have been easier if we didn't spend the entire night with Walt Harris as he sat there and cried while I care. Who who was the woman interviewing him? Was one of the ESPN women, or or was it Megan O'Leary? I thought it was Olivia. I could be wrong though. Like with them just sitting there as he cries and breaks down, talking about his stepdaughter and his family. Um, yeah. Um, so, all in all, sad ass way to end the night. Like, yeah. There are no fairy tale endings in MMA. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah, this sport, uh, it will rip your heart out and stomp on it at no moment's notice. The closest we ever, not... the closest we ever got was DC Stepe, and then DC was like, "No, I can keep going. I, <laughs> I have to fight Brock Lesnar." <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's yeah. Oh wait, Henry Cejudo. There we go. <laughs> well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man. But I mean, props to Overeem. Um, way to way, way to pull off a, a comeback. Cause boy, how often do we see him just get knocked down and not get back up? Um, so he he lives to fight another day. Um, you know, and I mean for Walt Harris, he'll he'll be back. He'll he'll he'll, he'll be back. He's a heavyweight. Um, of course he'll be back. He's got like another yeah. twenty years of contention in him. Right. Yeah. His yeah. His uh. <laughs> his 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 career isn't over. Little little stumbling block. Um, props. And I mean, what was the ovary who was just like, we should train together, which is just his go-to move for all his opponents nowadays. He's just like, oh, hey, um, uh, Curtis Blade, you beat the crap out of me. I gotta learn how to do that from you. Let's train hey. together. <laughs> it was working. Is <laughs> I'm mad at it. I met it. I do. I do. No, yeah, I, yeah, I do want to give Overeem props for that. Like after the fight was over, like he he consoled him. He, you know, it's it's a weird situation to be in. I, I think he handled it as as best as you would like to see somebody. Handle Which is it. crazy because you remember like Overeem from like back in the day where he was like the gym bully and nobody won, right. <laughs> and everybody kind of hated him. And he had to hop from gym to gym just because like his relationships with everybody just turns out. It's just like, oh, that's cool to see. The old age has chilled over him out. He got off the roids and the roid rage stopped, I guess. Uh, uh, good, 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 good to see the sportsmanship. Good, good to see the love. That was sad way to end the car, but it it, it was something. It there, could I have guess, been so much worse, I guess. Like yeah, yeah over yeah. him wins and just 
like hops into Walt Harris's face while he's on the ground and just starts screaming. Right. <laughs> yeah, like, like, like it could have like, been bad. He's like, I'm not on my He just hops on the microphone. He's like, I miss my family. That's why I'm such right. a dick. Yeah, like it could have, it, it could have been worse. So, all all things considered, I guess. Um, congrats to Overeem, man. Uh, and we'll, we'll we'll definitely see Wall Harris again. Um, I guess now, like, not to keep harping on this, but um, I feel like after like the situation he went through, um, not saying like the death of a family member ever like leaves you, but I, I feel like that first comeback fight is probably like the hardest thing. Um, so I feel like now that he's gotten that out of the way, so to speak, that maybe the next one will be a little, you know, ho- hopefully a little easier. Um, yeah. But we'll, we'll, we'll see. I, I, uh, but... I, I do wonder how his family dealt. Because like, I'm sure that like they were tuned in for this. So, at least some of them were tuned in for this fight and just have to relive that moment over and over and over yeah. and over again. Um, next the... time we see Harris, we don't need that... Uh... We don't we don't need that that promo yeah uh, like like that again. Um, but, I, like I really uh, hope like moving forward I re- like you know you want to bring it up during like a pre-fight that you know I fight for my uh, my my stepdaughter and you know like, like whatever that that's fine but like don't beat it into the d- ground. Do not do what they did with like um what was his name um the ghost was Robert Guerrero the dude was he the dude who no it was uh it, it, it's um. Fucking Danny Jacobs and his cancer thing. Was it Danny Jacobs who had cancer? Or am I just confusing him with somebody? I don't know why that like don't really. <laughs> I don't remember. Yeah, it was it was Daniel Jacobs. So like, you don't want to beat it into the ground where it just becomes like a thing where like okay, uh, we get it. He has can he had cancer and he doesn't anymore. It's just like. That's a part of his story. Like, but continue telling the rest of his story. You know what I mean? All right. But we'll, we'll, we'll see, man. Shout out to Overeem. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely see Walt Harris back in there. Absolutely. But uh, Overeem got the win via TKO in the second round. Moving on. Co-main event. Uh, Angela Hill versus Claudia Cadelia. Um, the first of... Well, not the first, but the last of three really contentious main card fights that had people on Twitter and uh, Sure Dog and um, the yeah, Underground yeah, and in that argument. <laughs> you know, everybody was in a fit. Everybody, everything's a robbery. Everything is everything's garbage. Um, I, I went back and uh, I rewatched this. Um, tried to remove my 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 biases. Oh, well, first I'll just say, first of all, it's a good fight. Um, Throw that out there. Um, I, I expected Gadelia to go for a lot more takedowns. I didn't think it was going to be as much of a kickboxing match as it was. Um, but it made for some entertainment, so I appreciated it. Um, man. <laughs> I was hurt. I was hurt when that decision got read. I'm not going to lie. Um, good good showing, for I, I thought, from, from both. Hill got the knockdown in the... Second? Or second. was that the first? Second round. Oh, the second, yeah. First yeah. round uh, was all, not all Godella, but, like, she got her down partway through the round and, um, friggin' just was on top, just beating her. 
Yeah, Gadelia definitely took took the first. Uh, Hill rebounded in a second. She got the knockdown. Um, it became pretty much a, a straight up like kickboxing match uh, from that point on. Well, until the third when uh, Gadelia eventually got that late takedown, but they just had a fun, you know, kickboxing match <laughs> back and forth with each other. Um, I do wish, and Hill started doing it like later in the fight, but I, I wish she would, and I guess I can kind of see why she didn't, probably because of fear of the takedown, because um, they were mentioned like the, her reach and like her, her kicks, and I was wondering if she would have went with like some more, maybe like the front kick a little bit more, but you know, don't want to get your leg caught up, taken down, beat up, I, I get it, um, but she landed, landed the heavy shot in the second round, um, I want to say I had it 1-1 going to the third. Um, they both were landing some, some pretty good good licks on each other. I, I'm not going to say this was a robbery. Um, I remember watching in... Actually, I can't remember now if I'm confusing this with the Ige fight. Where like I felt like the takedown at the end was like too little too late. Um, but no, this, this fight was definitely much closer than the Ige fight was. My opinion, I thought. Um, fun fight. I, uh, <laughs> I'm mad at the decision because I'm a Hill fan. I guess I'm not going to protest it too much. Um, it wasn't like I think Hill like completely ran her over. So I, I guess I'll be okay. Oh, I'm not okay, actually. I'm, <laughs> I'm still salty. But, uh, I guess, I, I don't know. How, how did you see this fight? I rewatched the third round um, again, and uh, I, I was a little, I was leaning more towards Angela Hill. Um, though I, could, I guess I can see the argument for Kelly Gadella. Um, I, I'm gutted for Hill because, like, that was the best she's ever looked. Like, much less bouncy, like much more like power in her shots. Um, you know, she got taken down in the first round and you know, got control, but that's Claudia Cadella. Like Claudia Cadella was doing that to freaking Yoana and Jacek. Um, so like, what what can you really do? Um, but like that was the best I've ever seen Angela Hill. Um, hell, she was. Going toe to toe with Claudia Goodell, who for the longest time we thought was the strongest strawweight until you know Jessica Andrade and Wei Li Zhang showed up, um, and was just going toe to toe with her in the clinch and beating her. Um, yeah, you know, didn't get bullied around. Yeah, it reversed her a couple times. You had her on the fence, landed some really nice knees, got uh, landed a really nice standing elbow that um that that cut Goodell open in the second round. Um, like, like I'm gut because she she should be ranked after that. Like, um, that 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 was a very very impressive performance from Hill. Um, that's what I'm trying to get at. Um, and for Gadella, um, it was impressive in some ways and a little disheartening in others. Like, there's a there's, there's a decent argument that Gadella is like 0-3 in her last three fights. Um, you know, I thought I, I thought she had like a, a very clear. Um, not clear, but I, I I thought as far as the beater, um, she lost Answer off, and you know she arguably lost a hill here. 
But like you see the improvements, right? Wait, am I am I mixing up the random I forgot the random Marcos face. So there's an argument that she's one in three in her last four, okay? And mm-hmm. or one in four four in her last five, because that's when the Andrage fight happened. But um there were there were improvements in her boxing. Her boxing looked phenomenal, or not not phenomenal, but like way ahead of what it used to be. Yeah, it was yeah, much better. Yeah, much better than we used to. Much see. tighter, less just winging power shots. Though there was a bit of that still. Um, much more comfortable in the pocket. Um, I'd like to see more leg kicks from her. Um, though I I think that's a product of her moving backwards a little bit more, um, which she did in this fight. Um. But, like, the main thing that Claudia Gadella is good at is grappling. And she was not able to take down Angela Hill after that first round. Um, and maybe that's by design. Maybe, like, she doesn't want to grapple because that's how she tires herself out. Um, that's another thing. Her cardio is better. Um, you know, she, I, I cannot tell you um, when the last time she won a third round in, like, a contentious fight was. That's normally the part of the fight. Like, she just drops off a cliff. Um, where was I going with this? Oh, um, like, but, like, if she can't work her grappling into her game, she's not, like, does she stand a better chance of out kickboxing Yuana Yinjitik or Weili Zhang or Jessica Andrade? You know what I mean? Like, the, like, her, and obviously taking any of those women down is, freaking near impossible like as you know time has shown but like especially at straw weight but like you, you, like her her main strength is her wrestling and her grappling and her ability to keep opponents on their back um maybe she turns into a world-class striker um but at the same time like she's been dropped by carla esparza and angela hill Two women who have historically not been like very big powerhouses in the division. Uh, to Hill's credit, she did drop um, Jessica Andrade, but that was in part because Jessica Andrade just rushes forward wildly like a crazy woman. Um, but still, like you know, uh, accomplishment nonetheless. Um, so like I'm worried a little bit about her durability. Like, okay. Are we, have we seen her? Yeah, yeah. After especially after Andrade fight, Andrade fight, have we just seen her chin and like just crack? And we're just not seeing it because she's not fighting anybody with any power. Like if you were to throw there in here with Rose Namajunas, would Rose be able to just put her out? Yeah, that that I think that could get ugly. <laughs> that that could get ugly. I remember watching this fight and thinking, I just I wish Hill jabbed a little more. Yeah, I feel like she's just really long and like she's got a good frame for that kind of, you know. Not, and I'm not comparing the two, but like, I feel like Thug Rose does puts very good use of her frame. Like she's able to get in and get out, mm-hmm. kind of long, kind of lanky. Like just really use it to her advantage. And I feel like Hill is built like somewhat similarly, but just doesn't use it to like the best. That I feel like it could be useful. Uh, like a, a large part of her game is just like being able to beat people in the clinch. Um, could, um, like, and that's at that's at like odds with like her Dominic Cruz esque bouncy around on the outside mm. stick. So like, 
I, I think she struggled to find the medium between the two, and this was her coming the closest she's ever had. She ever has. Um, but yeah, no, like I, I'd like to see her use her 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 reach a little bit more, like you said. Um, Cause she'll like bounce around and leap in with like a hook, which I mean, it got the knockdown, but I'm like, you could really, <laughs> you could really get off some three pieces if you would just stick somebody with a jab. And just, you know, let everything kind of flow from there. Because I feel like a lot of times when she gets, she'll get clipped or get hit. It's because, like, she she's leaning in. Not not leaning in, but, like, she'll bounce around, come in for, like, a hook. And then she'll land one or get hit with one in return. It's like, you could just stick some people with some jabs. And they probably can't touch you from out there. Um, or would have to work a bit harder for it. Um... Yeah, yeah, this one was hard. This one was hard. I, w I wanted her to get the win. Um, I agree she should have got it, but it wasn't such a wipeout that I, I'll i throw a fit, but I'm I'm a little key It was no Ige Barboza. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. And what's weird is, yeah, and I'll, we'll, we'll get literally get to that next. Um, so, But congrats to Gadelia, though. Did show improvements. Uh, she got a split decision over Angela Hill. Thought Angela Hill should have won, but it is what it is. Um, moving on to featherweight, Dan Ige versus Edson Barboza. Edson Barboza making his featherweight debut. Um, <laughs> I guess we just mentioned it. How, how did you score this fight? I had a 2-1 for Barboza. Like a pretty clean two ones for Barboza. There was like there was a better argument in my mind for like three L Barboza than there was for like two one uh Ige. Yeah, when I in real time I think I had it twenty nine, twenty eight Barboza. And then when I rewatched it, I was like, he might have got a clean sweep. <laughs> he might have gotten a clean sweep. Yeah, and it's like to, I, I wouldn't have been mad if at least one judge gave him a thirty twenty seven. Yeah, I ah. <laughs> something told me about this fight that something was gonna happen. Like either this fight was not gonna go the way I hoped, and Barboza would like find a way to somehow get clipped and knocked out, or just something weird was gonna happen. Um, and I, I guess the judges happened. It just. I feel like Barboza, I put this on Twitter, I feel like him and RDA have the worst, just, <laughs> those dudes cannot catch a break to save their lives. Like, they get thrown in the most grueling fights and just, for whatever reason, I don't know what they did in their past life, I don't know if it's bad karma, <laughs> I don't know if they cussed some old lady out and we never heard about it and this is life paying them back, they can just never catch a break. Like, it, I don't know what it is, man. Like, <laughs> I mean, he looked good at featherweight. Um, I wasn't, like, blown away, but I thought Barboza looked, he looked solid. Obviously, he carried down the power. He he, uh, he rocked Ige in the first with that right hand um, in the first round. Um, still was throwing pretty good leg kicks, was landing some some really solid shots. He was getting takedowns. Like, he looked, he looked solid like he looked good um and it just didn't somehow it didn't translate to a win um 
And it's not to say that Ige didn't land, but I don't know. It just to me, it seemed like Barboza landed everything that was like more substantial. Yeah. Um, yeah. So to Ige's credit, he did a fantastic job um, trying to, uh, you know, force Barboza into a fight that he's historically lost. He, he tried to pressure him. He tried to swarm him. Tried to get him to move backwards. Landed a ton. Her Barboza had that like, that hematoma growing underneath um, Barboza's was it his left eye. Um, by the end of the first round, um, but uh, he repeatedly ran into issues where, one, like he got hurt like a lot, like at least twice, like seriously. Um, he got dropped in the first round off of, it was a right hand or a right elbow that Barbosa Barbosa threw while he was uh trying to while Ike was trying to close distance, um, and then he got dropped in the um second round off a of body kick or not dropped but like he he he. He went down. He folded a little bit. He folded, yeah. Um, and it's just like Barboza, like they landed at a pretty even clip, and Barboza landed the like Barboza landed the strikes to actually put the other guy down. So like I don't understand how you give Ige the rounds where like especially like yeah no it's it's weird. Um, could it could it be another case? I can't remember the fight I'm thinking of, but could this have been another case where? We've, we've talked about this before, where judges just see a guy moving forward and they assume that he's winning. Yeah, that that, that could be it. Like, Barbosa has, like, really bad, like, um, body language when he gets swarmed on. Like, he got swarmed on here, and um, to his credit, he didn't do the whole I'm moving backwards as fast as humanly possible deal that he did against Khabib and Kevin Lee. And maybe that's because Khabib and Kevin Lee are, like, psychopathic freaking pressure fighters and you know Ige is more of a swarmer um but like he 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 did not do the whole I'm I'm a sprint backwards and see how that goes for me type deal um and maybe it was just the weight cut maybe it's just like I I, I don't feel like moving too much because that weight cut took a lot out of me but um mm. like he he did better at planting his feet and throwing back but like at the same time like there were parts where he just shelled up and like looked like he was hurt you know what I mean he looked more hurt than he actually was because he would immediately bounce back in like a couple seconds after Ike was done throwing and just fire back. Um, but yeah, I think you're right. I think it's like Ike was the one coming forward for a good part of the fight. Um, he he was throwing like these long like six strike combinations. He had like really fast and flashy hands. Um, and it's not like he didn't hurt Barbosa. Like. There's a reason Barbosa was shelling up. Um, but, like, I, like I, I'm, I'm still struggling to give him, like, two rounds. Yeah. Yeah, I was say, give, giving him one round, all right, cool. Saying he won the entire fight, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. I don't know about that one. Um, uh, and it, it kind of sucks because it was, it was a fun fight and, like, you know, I feel like a fight generally where everybody kind of likes both fighters. Like, you're not really, you know. So, like, yeah. It's, yeah, it was just one of those. Really just kind of unfortunate. Yeah, and um, that, I like Ige. Like, this isn't a case of, like, uh, you know, I'm a Barbosa stan or whatever. Like, I, I like Ige. Like, he's a scrappy dude. Um, he's really, like, grown since, um, you know, uh, Taking that L to what was it Arce or was it yeah and been on a good run yeah, good run like he was on a one two three four five fight winning streak 
I'd just be Betich. Like, yeah, this is six in a row. Um, probably gonna get a ranked opponent next. I'm happy for him. Like, I like him. I, I, I hope he does well. But, like, at the same time, it's like, you feel for Barbosa because, like, he goes from this division where, like, every, like, every, like, half the dudes at the top of it are tailor-made to beat him. Like, they're, mm. they're, like I'm sorry. Like, there's no world where he's going to beat Justin Gaethje or Kevin Lee or Khabib Nurmagomedov just because of how their styles match up. And I thought he got robbed against Paul Felder. Um, I thought he won that fight. Uh, the, the rematch. So, like, to, to see him go from that to going down to um, the featherweight to find new fresh matchups and losing a fight that he probably should have won is a little disheartening. Yeah. And then uh, I was thinking, too, like, man, featherweight is kind of a shark tank, too. Uh, yeah, yeah, don't get me wrong. If, like, <laughs> if, if Barbosa somehow won this fight, like, I don't think, like, he. I, like with what's at the top, yeah, it of doesn't the get team. easier, man. I don't think like, it he does not get well with those guys. Like, because Ige, you know, he is a pretty fast guy. Um, but like, how, how does Edson Barbosa handle Vulcan? Uh, not Vulcan. Uh, Alexander Volkanovsky's freaking pressure. You know what I mean? Right. Like, how does he deal with the speed of like a Yair Rodriguez or right. or a Calvin Gator? Like, he has the leg kicks, but we saw, like, the leg kicks were not there for him last night in in the same way they were at lightweight because he just doesn't have that speed advantage. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like, it, it, it's, it's still somewhat of an uphill battle. Um, I think his power will do him some justice, hopefully. I think he'll kind of have that riding for him. But, yeah, it, it's still, it don't, it's not getting easier, man. <laughs> It's still gonna be a lot of grueling fights for him at featherweight, um, but we'll 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 see we'll see. Congrats to Dan Ige though. Continue his streak. Keep keep keeps him moving along. Um, this next fight, I just read the result. I ain't I ain't watch this. Uh, <laughs> middleweight Christoph Jaco defeated Eric Anders via unanimous decision. I, I had this fight on and I wasn't really watching it. I was like zoned out. Uh, so just not really paying attention. I'll just say this: I don't think Alabama's the place you want to go if you want to be like the world a world class prize fighter. And I say that knowing that they produced Deontay Wilder, but I also say that knowing that Deontay Wilder had to be in the worst division in boxing to do it. So, good. There you go. Yeah, between this, <laughs> between Eric Anders, Jaco, um, Harris, Overeem, and uh, Wilder Fury, it's not been a good year for. Uh, for the Bama boys. I don't know why I was going to say Bryce Mitchell. I forgot he's not from Bama, though. He's from uh, Missouri? Arkansas? Arkansas. Same shit. Yeah. <laughs> but Jocko got the win. Congrats to him. Just wasn't really watching the fight. Just I want of Eric all the fights to, on the main. I want Eric Andrews to be good so bad, but he's just not. It's so sad. Well, to me... Uh, I feel like to me he's actually succeeded my expectations. I remember watching him in LFA, and then when he got the UFC call, I didn't think that he would be ready for it. So to, for me, he's actually done better than I thought he would be. Because um, I'm gonna lie, I thought he'd be one of those guys who'd get the call to the UFC and might have lost like his first two, and then we might have just never seen him again. Um, so I'm actually was surprised that he stuck around and has been able to stay afloat for as long as he did. Um, but yeah, I think he might just kind of be one of those guys that he 
kind of is what he is at this point. He's an athletic um, specimen with no like technical like flourish whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. He's he's kind of just he is what he is. Um, he'll he'll win some, he'll lose some, and that's <laughs> that's this, that's kind of that. The sad part is if he was a heavy uh a, a heavyweight. He was a heavyweight. He'd be so much more effective. Because <laughs> his, his game at heavyweight probably works. Because yeah. just big, strong, hits hard. Eric Anders, just go uh, go to five guys and just eat like five burgers. Just woke <laughs> up. Go join your boy. Yeah, you'll, you'll knock. Right, you'll, you'll knock one of them dudes out. You'll, you'll, knock, you'll knock one of them out. Um... <laughs> But congrats to Christoph Jocko. Um, and the last fight on the main card, uh, another one that had some people in a frenzy. Uh, Song Yedong versus Marlon Vera. This was a fight that I had marked down. This is actually probably the fight on the card I was most hyped to see. Um, really, really fire matchup. Um, really, <laughs> really enjoyed the clinch fighting in this. Like, there were just random moments of just clinch violence that would just... <laughs> Would just randomly explode. Like, Vera gets him in the clinch. The next thing you know, just elbows and fists are just flying. And it's just extremely violent for these really short, uh, short periods of time. Um, another fight that I thought was, was pretty close. Um, I was leaning more towards Yudong. I felt like his shots, similar to the, um, the Barboza fight, like, his shots to me seemed to be just more substantial, more, uh, they just, they, they had a little more zing on them, but also, I, I want to say, and I, I, I memory's probably a little shot, but also similar to what we mentioned in the Barboza Ige fight, I do remember a lot of this fight was there was, excuse me, the one who pushed forward a lot, um, obviously had the reach advantage, um, and it was a lot of Yadong kind of having to find his way inside. And, but Vera was the one I, I feel like was kind of pushing forward. So, um, I can't, uh, it was a close fight. It was a fun fight. Um, like I said, lot, lots of just random clinch violence. But I, I, I don't know. Maybe I had to go back and rewatch this again for like a third time. I thought Vera did okay, but I felt like he just, he didn't really have any like, the word like moments really that like I don't know like there's, there's not like people were mad that Yadong won um and I, I like Vera too um but I, I would just I don't know I didn't feel like Vera had like I don't know I would have to go back and rewatch this again but maybe I'm in the minority or on Twitter I probably was but I didn't feel like Vera did enough to really make me go like, all right, he definitely won that fight. Because people were calling robbery like it was a clear, you know, he definitely won. And I, I didn't feel that way at all. Um, but that's just me. <laughs> Who am I? Uh, how, how, did, how did you feel about this? I had Yadon winning. Um, I rewatched the, the fight before we hopped on here. Um, and I was... Like I had Yadon winning last night. I'm like I was like okay, it could have gone either way. And I rewatched one of them again. No, I mean I thought Song won pretty outright. Um, but he won like he he controlled 
I should even say controls. He outboxed the crap out of Marlon Vera in the first, like, three and a half minutes of that fight. Um, then Vera got him up against the cage in the, um, the second round, I should say, not the fight, um, which is the contentious round. Um, and then uh, Vera got him up against the cage and landed a, nice, a couple of nice elbows. Um, they broke. Yudong threw something back. Um, and, like, I'll give, like, if, if the round was literally just that last minute, I'd give it to Vera, but it wasn't. It was the whole entire round. And, like, it's not like Yudong wasn't landing in that last round, minute of the round either. So, I don't know. Um, I was really disappointed in Cheeto. Um, not not because he was upset he lost or whatever, because, you know, that's whatever. You're in the middle of a fight. You you can't see it outright. Um, you remember all the strikes that you land. You don't remember all the strikes your opponent landed. You know, that type of dealio. Um, but, like, the just the tweet afterwards of just him being fucking sour. Um, I don't lost the fight to the Chinamen. I lost to the judges. All my hard work down the fucking drain. Uh, I can't believe this horse shit tonight. Like, no, dude, you lost. Like, chillax. Like, yeah, it'd be one thing if you, like, steamrolled him. But... Yeah, it's one thing if he went out there and did what freaking, like, put him on the ground like freaking Edson Barboza did. But, like, he, he he did not do that. He had a contentious fight that I thought he lost pretty clearly. Um, and, you know... Yeah, it, 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 it's the fight game, man. Yeah, I I have to go back and give this one some some more uh, rewatch. I just I just remember, like you said, I, I feel like when they were like exchanging, like Yadong, he was landing the the the, the umph shots, so to speak. Um, but we'll see. Uh, Vera will be back. At Bantamweight, I would think. Yeah, both of them probably. I didn't probably. know that featherweight. So, appara- <laughs> yeah, so, according to Gadong in the post-fight interview, um, through his translator, he was like, yeah, no, two weeks ago, I was eating fried chicken, drinking soda on the couch, and then they called me up and was like, hey, you want to fight? I was like, sure. So, I'm assuming it was just like, Gadong was like, I can't make 135. And like, right. <laughs> Look at this. Look at this guy. See what he <laughs> He said, pandemic, bet. <laughs> Oh, man. I ain't mad at him. I had a shrimp cheesesteak yesterday. <laughs> but, uh, no, I don't, they'll both be back. Um, I like your dong, though, man. Your dong's really good, yeah, man. I, I, I can deal with uh, all the racist-ass people on Twitter. Uh, fucking coming at your dong. It's really... Real, real quick to pivot away from that. We don't got to spend too much time on this. I got some other things I want to get to but um your dog is not 22 years old uh, he is <laughs> no he's not hold up let me pull up hold up man so um big this man. big shout outs to um uh, I, I don't remember the uh to megaton aka at base dong jesus um who told me basically that um way way back in rough which is what you're about to pull up, which was like 2013 when Yadong first fought um, for the other uh, uh, for Ruff, which is a uh, was was the no longer round was a um, was um, MMA organization China uh, 
one of the first success, uh, successfully international ones, I guess. Like, not so much that, like, they were, like, big all over the world, but so much as, like, somebody like me or you who likes, like, going to, like, other countries and seeing what they got going on with mm-hmm. people to recognize them. Um, that, so, apparently, a dog faked his papers to fight for Ruff. Um, and he was, like, 15 when he was fighting for them. So he was knocking out crap. <laughs> Imagine, like, you were one of the guys he knocked out. And you you find out, like, 10 years. Like, you're watching him on his car, like, oh, yeah, I fought that guy. And then you really find out, like, oh, he was 15 when he put them hands on Well, him. it makes sense in a couple of different sense. Like, one, it's like a regional-ass Chinese thing. Like, like, like I'm sure, like, I... I from the brief time I spent in China, it does not seem like it'd be hard to fake your identity to fight on a fucking fight card. Because, like, there's a lot of people, a lot of moving parts. Just everything's all fast-paced. Um, and, like, I'm sure the organizers didn't really give a fuck. It's, like, like the type of people who would run an MMA card um, probably don't care. I also don't think it was regulated at the time. Like, not, not extremely harshly, anyway. But um, there's that, and then there's the fact that like MMA in China in 2013 is not very good. Hell, it might not. It's still probably not very good. So like, I could believe that there's a series of grown ass men in China who have literally just gotten into MMA, um, who are just getting their shit wrecked by like this really buff 15 year old. <laughs> Bro, he was. Teenage out there just flatlining dudes. I mean, it's not like we, mm-hmm. it's not a thing that doesn't happen here or, you know, in North America. We got um, Rory McDonald and Jordan and mine, mean, mean. Yeah. Who, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Notoriously yeah. started it's, fighting it's, it's in the their early, mid teens. Well, I'll say if, if he really is 22, which I, I guess he is, um, bright future for that kid, man. Um, at 22, he's really good to be 22. Still got, you know, definitely uh, room for improvement. But for 22, he's he's got a bright future. Um, so we'll see. I got I to go back and watch that fight again. But I'm, I'm sticking with that I thought you're done. You're done with that. Um, but that was the main card. Because um, I got some other stuff I want to get to because of time. Um, I'm going to kind of run through these prelims, even though the prelims actually were really entertaining. Um, so I'm going to run through this kind of quick, but I still want to give people their props. Um, Miguel, uh, Beza, I, I felt it in my soul during the fight that at some point something was going to go bad for Matt Brown and it did. Um, I didn't think it was going to be so erupt, <laughs> but, uh. Yikes. Yikes. Um, yeah, Matt Brown got RIP, basically. And that's that's kind of how that went. Uh, so, shout out to Miguel Beza. I think that was his UFC debut, right? Uh, no, it was the second fight. Uh, he he knocked fight. out um, some dude. I think it was, yeah, by a leg kicks. Um, Hector Aldana. He knocked out Hector Aldana back in October. Well, getting a win over Matt Brown in your second fight. Pretty good. Even though it's, you know, el- an elder Matt Brown, yeah. but still it's this Matt This felt Brown. like a fight that if it happened, like, five years ago, Matt Brown probably would have won easily. 
Yeah, he'd rip that man to shreds. Yeah. <laughs> he'd have tore that man The durability up. just isn't there anymore for Matt Brown. Um, yeah. Yeah, when he went when he went down, I was like, ooh, yeah, this that's over, buddy. Um, shout out to Miguel Beza. Uh, a, a fight that I did not see uh, coming and ending the way it did. Kevin Holland came in real quick and beat the bricks off of Fluffy. Um, <laughs> Kevin Holland uh, defeated Anthony Hernandez via TKO in the first round in like 39 seconds. Um, hey, Anthony, uh, no, Kevin Holland beat Jeff Neal. Like, that's just, just something that happened. Uh, he, yeah, that boy good. Uh, he's not bad. <laughs> he just doesn't yeah, always take it very seriously. Yeah, but no, nah, that that boy he he alright. <laughs> he he's alright out there, and he's like a fun personality. He he's got a. I think he's somebody who's gonna be around this sport for a while. He I think he's gonna be one of those guys. There will all be there always be a job for you. You're. You're fun to watch. You got you got a bright personality. As long as you can keep the fights entertaining, there there will always be somewhere for you in this sport. Um, but nah, getting a quick win like that over Fluffy really impresses. Got got Fluffy out of there real quick. Um, need him, beat him up. Now that, that was that was game over. So props to Kevin Holland. Uh, at featherweight, uh, Giga, uh, Giga Chikazi was supposed to fight Mike Davis. Mike Davis uh, had to pull out. So uh, on short notice, uh, a gentleman named Irwin Rivera stepped in, who I want to say is actually a bantamweight who moved up to featherweight. Um, so props to him for one taking it on short notice. Uh, two, even though he was, I respected that he was just in there, just kind of throwing, like man, just you know coming up a weight class, short notice. He just came in, he was ready to fight. Um, he got beat up. Um, Giga, <laughs> did you watch this fight? Uh, parts of it. I saw, like, but, Giga just kicked the shit out of, uh, Rivera. Giga in that, I feel like, especially from, like, the second round on, but he was clowning in there. Like, he, he, it, it, it was a point where he just started to look really comfortable, and he just started to throw whatever he wanted. Kicks, just whatever he felt like throwing, whatever came to his mind, he just threw. He was doing all these crazy stance motions and, right, <laughs> The man just—he entered the matrix. Um, I felt like he knew how much better a striker he was than Rivera, and he really let it show. Um, but props to Rivera, though. Probably will be somebody fun to watch at bantamweight. Um, looks like a fun, just kind of action type fighter. Um, but Giga got loose on that man. <laughs> he got real loose. So shouts to uh, Giga Takazi. I hope they can end up making that Mike Davis fight, though. That 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 could be fun. Um, but props to Giga Man. Uh, just entered enter the Matrix. Got got real busy. Uh, want to give a quick thought to to, to Darren Elkins and the company. Um, the bits of the fight I did see were typical Elkins, except he was not able to get the wrestling going. Um, it was just it was some mid-level MMA brawling. Which is fun, don't get me wrong, but it's just like, yeah, blood and guts. Blood and guts. Yeah, it was uh, Nate, Nate Landwehr versus Darren Elkins. It was, yeah, it was just a a very violent, bloody MMA affair. Um, <laughs> that's all you need to know. If, if you want to see some blood, you want to see people bleeding and sweating and just getting beat up, um, it, it ain't going to be the most technical, you know, sound thing to look at, but 
the violence factor and entertainment factors there, that's the fight for you. Yeah. Um, yep, yep. Yeah. Surrounded in a bunch of really good prelims fight. Like, these prelims were actually pretty fire, to be honest. Um, but Nate Landwehr got the win, uh, proceeded to give a post-fight interview where I realized that there's, like, a black uncle somewhere in his in his body. Um, <laughs> just, his voice just really threw me off. It really threw me off. But shout out to Nate Landwehr. Uh, bloodied up Darren Elkins. They had a nice, just really just bloody, entertaining fight. Uh, at women's flyweight, Courtney Casey uh, snatched a nasty armbar on Mara um, Romero Barella. Um, I don't know if she broke it, but boy, that armbar looked ugh. yikes. When uh, arms ain't supposed to bend that way. Um, so shout out to Courtney Casey. Um, and at heavyweight, uh, Rodrigo Nascimento defeated Dante Mays via rear naked choke. Uh, so yeah. That was the other UFC Jacksonville card. Um, this this one delivered. Um, on paper, I I thought this would be the better of the two that we would get this week, and it definitely turned out that way. Um, maybe still not having like a ton of substantial fights, but I, I just felt like this card better showcased, I think, better like overall talent in my opinion. Um, albeit the ending was kind of like, you know kind of you know one of one of the moments you realize the sport doesn't care about you yeah but from an entertainment factor um I, I thought we got a lot of good we got some good quality scraps um it was a mixture of new faces and old faces but i feel like everybody well mostly everybody um i ain't watched the jocko anders fight so i i can't speak on their behalf but i feel like everybody else showed out like i feel like I was worried when these fights would come back about how everybody would look and how this pandemic would affect these fights. And so far, I feel like everybody's been pretty good. Like, I haven't really seen any performances that made me just like, ah, this looks, you know, awful. Um, everybody re really seemed like they were really eager to get in and fight, and they've they they were out there showing out. Um, so I don't know what they're doing during this pandemic, but clearly they're I guess make making the best of it the best they can. And this it's giving us some quality fights. So that was uh the other UFC Jacksonville card. Really uh re really good card. If it, I would say of the two, if you miss both of them, I I would probably watch this one first. The other one you can you can get to that one when you get to it. But this one was worth the watch, man. This one was worth the watch. There was a lot of lot of good happenings on here. Um so we're actually a little over two hours. It's actually uh, about the length of a regular episode, um, but <laughs> just some quick uh, questions, things I had on my mind before we get out of here and wrap up. Um, I can't remember if I mentioned this during the Ferguson uh, Gaethje card, and obviously we mentioned earlier, you know, the whole thing with Habib's father, so we might be a while before we see him again, but I was thinking of this earlier. Um, has the Habib Tony fight like lost all steam now? Like, is that even not really? I ain't gonna say it's not a thing anymore, but like it's. I mean, imagine, I, like we like we like we missed the moment. I, I think we missed the moment. Yeah. I, like, so here, here's my thing. Um, and I've had a couple people t try to tell me that like you know they can still do the fight. It's like Chuck and Vanderlei or um, uh. What was the other one? Uh, the fight that uh, like any any one of those like like 
I don't know, Frank Mir versus Fedor, I guess. Um, like, you, we could still technically have the fight, but here's the thing. Unlike most of those other guys, Khabib never has to fight ever again. Like, he is wildly popular, wildly influential, and wildly rich beyond any of our imaginations in, in, in like, his home country. Like, dude is a walking god in fucking Dagestan. Um, like, yeah, he has had government positions thrown at him. Like, his finance, like, most, like, big-time Russian athletes have some type of, like, billionaire financier behind them. And, like, Khabib's has been throwing Mercedes-Benz at him since he was, like, just signed to the UFC, basically. Like, Khabib never has to fight ever again, is my point. At the, like, at this point, he's doing it just because he enjoys doing it. And it's not even, like, the primary thing he does. Like, he does all this other, like, charity work and, like, outreach. And, like, he does a million and one things now. He does not need to fight again. Like, so, my thought process is it's completely reliant. If that fight ever happens, it's completely reliant on Tony getting back to a title shot. And at a lightweight, like, I don't know how Tony's going to look. Because that was a life-changing fight. Uh, like, if this was boxing, like, we'd probably write his career off from now on. But, you know, it's MMA. It's a little different. Um, like, so if it does happen, like, like I, I'll think I, it won't have the momentum of the last one because Tony won't be on, like, a 12-fight winning streak or whatever. But I think... It, It'll have some buzz, but it just won't have the same buzz because, like, you're not gonna have like a guy who's never who's one loss in the UFC. Like we've all seen Tony lose and lose bad. Right. Um, and like if Khabib loses to like Justin Gaethje or whoever in his next couple of fights, um, like I don't think he sticks around. Maybe he comes back for like a rematch and then retires, but like I don't think he sticks around. You know what I mean? Because this is just one of the things he does now. And like he never planned on fighting past like the age of like thirty one or whatever. Um and Lord knows with like his coach and father um fighting for his life right now, like if he'll ever fight again. Um so you know, they got all these things in play like so I don't I don't see that fight happening. Yeah. Uh I, yeah. For me because I, I was thinking like this podcast will be coming to an end soon and the last card we were supposed to review would have been tony versus b but obviously what happened happened um and then tony ends up losing to gaichi and i was thinking like you know there, there were set fights that will make me come out of podcast retirement to talk about them and had tony won tony and habib would have been on that list still and now that he lost, I'm like, I don't know if <laughs> if that fight happens. I don't know if it. I don't know if it has that same oomph that like it it had before. Obviously, it would have to come down to the fight. Like I would still have to actually see it, and it could still end up being amazing. Who knows? But as of right now, the way I'm feeling, like I just I don't know. Of course, if they make the fight, I'm definitely still gonna watch it. But it just. It just feels like we were robbed of a moment that we could have had, and now we're short-term games, e man. 
short-term game. Yeah. That's all the UFC cares about. That's all Endeavor cares about. That's all ESPN cares about. They don't care about moments. They care like actual legacy-defining moments. They care about like you know dates. They gotta fill dates. They they gotta push pay-per-views. Apparently, the Kabi, uh, not Kabi, the Tony uh, Gaethje card sold like seven hundred thousand pay-per-views on uh, ESPN Plus, and I'm sure the the UFC will attribute that to like you know I'm sure and, and I'm sure part of it plays a factor. Um, the fact that you know there have been no sports for like the past two months, I'm sure that plays an important factor. Personally, I think what plays an even more important factor is the fact that there were no fights for two months, like. There's a different like we not we 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 previously we've had a fight like every weekend, you know what I mean? This is like why would somebody pay for something that they get all the time? Yeah. People yeah, now we've been in a drought and people they're thirsty. Exactly. <laughs> they are thirsty, but I'll, I'll give them props though because I didn't think that card was gonna sell like that. I mean, um, I figured it'd break a half a million, but to be honest with you, like just off of like you know like I said. The the biggest thing with the like we we talk about like oh the UFC's pay per view average per card is down when you factor out McGregor and it's like yeah that's true but at the same time it's because the UFC throws on like twenty thousand fucking cards a year it's like the hell like there's they're they're not as stacked as they used to be like um and like you can just see one every weekend like there's nothing like this sport is part spectacle. And when you get rid, when you just overexpose the spectacle, it starts being special. All right. So, like, you know, like it, it was go- Like I was like, if the UFC was to cut their pay per views to six, they probably like still hit the mark that they normally hit every year. Um, but would do it in less shows. But they would probably make less money because they would like get less money off of prelims and stuff like that. So you know what. Yeah, it is. Uh. Yeah, yeah the mag- magic's gone. But it's dwindled. I don't say it's completely gone, but it's, it's it's dwindled down a little bit. Fight fight doesn't feel the same. Um, and the last topic, and I probably shouldn't have saved this till the end because this could go for a while. <laughs> but uh, I guess I'm trying to think of how to phrase this. I guess now that it it seems like fights are well, the UFC they're they're keeping the ball rolling. I think I read that Bellator is trying to come back by the June or July. They, I want to say they come back by mid July. Yeah, so it seems like as of now, who who knows things can can change. That I guess these fights are gonna they're gonna happen. It's it, they're still gonna be a thing. And I guess everybody's going to slowly start getting back into the mix. Obviously, you know, it's going to be different. Probably no crowd, but... Um, I don't know. I've just been feeling really disconnected, kind of, sort of. Like, I'm not getting as hype about all these fights as I normally do. Like, normally, like like last card, there are fights I just outright skipped. And a couple months ago, that wouldn't have been the case. Even if I thought a fight was terrible, I probably just would have watched it just to say I watched it. And now I just kind of don't, <laughs> like, I just, my mind is just not even there um, to really care to go back and, I don't know, like, it's, it's it's a weird time we're in, and it's, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's like a, 
a moral thing like i feel like i shouldn't be watching this or if it's just like i don't know like the pandemic like my mind just is kind of just like, yeah your mind is like occupied with other stuff yeah i'm just i'm not really on this like the whole everybody's like really anxious to see a sport again and i'm not saying if like the nba came back like i'm not gonna watch but i'm not like clamoring i guess for a new live sport to i don't know it's weird it's it's weird so i don't know like how, how do you feel about like fights have you just accepted like all right this is regardless of safety like this is going to be a thing and i guess we just kind of gotta i say deal with it but it's, i guess it is what it is I mean, kind of like like i have been uh, like outside of gaethje ferguson um i've been emotionally like uninvested like I, I've been tuning in just like straight up out of habit but like I was also like that with a lot of cards before like where it's just like okay this is what I do with my Saturday nights you know what I mean hmm. um so it's just like okay uh like it, I normally have a good time and I've had a decent enough time watching fights this week um but like the the day-to-day -day news and like you know, like, the fight announcements and, like, this, that, like, I, I, it's, it's, uh, One ear out the other. Yeah, it's just, like, I don't, it's, like, dude, like, I, I got, like, real life shit to worry about, like. And, like, I'm wondering, is it, because we're this, well, I mean, like I said, we don't know the future, but it seems like it's probably going to be like this for a while, for the foreseeable future. Yeah, the pandemics don't just kind of, they don't just go away. Yeah. Like corona ain't just going to wake up tomorrow and be like, all right, I was just playing, and you like, just going to leave. It's going to be around for a while. So I'm wondering, like, am I just, maybe we are, I am ending this podcast at the right time because I, I don't feel the excitement, like, anymore. And I'm like, may, maybe this is a good time to end because I'm not, emotionally really there to really care about like I, I want the fighters to fight I want them to be able to make a living and make money but I'm just not I don't know it's all weird everything's all weird um and I guess real quick even outside of MMA you, you think all these other sports are coming back you think the NBA NFL you think everybody's gonna gonna trickle back um, in I think that depends on like the money um like, I, I don't think the NBA is coming back. Like, I don't, like, by the time, like, the, the mayor of L.A. already said that, like, they're not fucking opening anything up for, like, like sports in, like, 2021 or whatever. Um, until 2021. Like, the city of L.A. is just on lockdown for the next three months. Um, like... Uh, I, they're 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 trying to reopen the state here, uh, like uh, here in New York, and like the whole six state whatever thing. I'm I'm just I'm just waiting for it to spike again. Um, I know for some reason people like how Cuomo and De Blasio have been handling the situation. Meanwhile, the people actually have to live with their decisions have been like, no, they should have. They're, they're not doing enough. Um, like I if. So if LA isn't open, I don't see why the NBA. I don't see the NBA coming back. You know what I mean? Uh, and if New York isn't open, I don't see the NBA coming back. I didn't think the NBA was gonna come back, but I'm kind of, sort of swing the other way now. 
just because of certain stuff I've been reading and hearing. And I think it's weird because the N- the NFL is further away, and I feel like they're not gonna have a season for some reason. But I feel like the NBA is gonna find a way around this because I've been hearing like they're gonna just try to do it in like a remote, not remote, but instead of having teams like travel like they normally would for road games, like everybody's just going to meet up at like a central kind of location, the kind of thing. Well, here's the, here's the thing. Kind of like the UFC thing. Like we're all just going to go to is one. That, is that conversation between owners? Is that conversation between owners and the players union? Cause like, it's been, it's been okay. both. So from what I heard the NBA did is they sent out like a massive text message, basically to get a temperature check, I guess, for the players. Like, do you guys want to try to, kick this season back off or do you just want to scrap it and we'll just reconvene and we'll come back next year and figure it out I, say um, they just, I don't know what the rest I say they just skip to the fucking playoffs if they're going to come back and you win, well, yeah, yeah, so, just skip to the playoffs take the t- best like what is it 16 teams have them do like uh, expedited like first round uh, five games instead of seven and then just go from like a regular playoff series from there you know what I mean yeah Cause like, yeah, see, I, I I trust the NBA I guess more than the NFL to figure out. Since, also, since they were already in the middle of this, well, they were close to the end of the season. There weren't that many games left. Oh, explain something. Uh, you could take like the top couple teams and just be like, hey man, it is what it is. <laughs> we're just gonna take the top four teams from each conference, have it out. Um, I feel like they might find a way to make it work. The only fear I have for them is that they'll try to pull this idea off and as much as they'll try to take, you know, precaution, like somebody will get sick and then like how what what do you do from there? Do you just keep going? Do you just power through it? Or do you have to or stop? like Yeah. Or like what what do you do if and I, I don't want to wish this on anybody, I, so I won't name any names, but one of your star players, a star player who everybody tunes in to see every night gets the corona. Just and to, now, just like, to, what's his name? Donovan Mitchell. Right. He gets it, and now he's out. And now it's just like, now we don't even look at the playoffs anymore because it's like, all right, this team didn't even have their best player. And it wasn't like injury. Like, brother, man got, <laughs> he caught the virus. Like, we can't, it, I don't know. It's, it's a weird situation because obviously they, they can't shut down forever. But it's like, if you're going to open back up, man, you, you got to be real cautious about how you kind of handle it. Um, I, I guess I kind of trust the NBA more than the NFL for whatever reason. That they'll at least put more countermeasures and more thought into how they can kind of do this safely. I feel like the NFL... The NFL doesn't some, care my perception about, of them is that they don't the NFL care. NFL doesn't care about player safety on the reg, so... No, right, yeah. So for this, I'm like, yeah, they, they nah, get back in that... Uh, stadium. <laughs> like I'm also sure the NBA right. doesn't want to like have to go like if football somehow manages to open up in like the fall or winter whenever the fuck football actually opens up. I don't know, I remember. Um, I'm sure they don't want to have to compete with them. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you want yeah you want to get your season done and over with. So you know yeah you're not competing with with the NFL. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird that this. I feel like the most sports thing I've enjoyed has been this Jordan documentary, which actually ends today, as of this recording, the last two episodes of the night. But for live sports, I don't know. Uh, as much as I love watching fights, and I've really actually been getting heavy back into the NBA these last couple of years, 
and I, like I said, I want I want people to be able to make money and all that. I just want them to be able to do it somewhat safely. But I don't know, man. This this sports thing is just not it's not hitting. Uh, it's not hitting like it used to. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'll feel different in a in a few months, but it's it's just not it's not hitting, man. It's 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 a whole different feeling. Now I won't get. I, I talked to Joey a little bit. Uh, now, I won't get into everything he said, but I'll just say in a roundabout way, I guess he's kind of feeling the the same way, in a way. Like, this all is just, it feels just kind of strange. <laughs> like, there, there are a lot of serious things going on, and sports is kind of the, not in the forefront, I think, of a lot of people's minds. Or, I ain't say a lot of people, but. I don't know. There are just other priorities and things to worry about. But, I mean, I get it. At some point, life will have to go on. Like, this pandemic isn't just going to go away. So, we'll have to find a way to just kind of maneuver with it while it's here until there's a vaccine or, you know, however that situation works. But Who knows how pandemic ends? Yeah, yeah. Like, we've never... <laughs> it's weird, man. I've seen a lot in my lifetime, man. Like, we didn't live through... 9-11, SARS, and bird flu, the, the world was supposed to end like four different times, like, it's, it's been a lot, ne- haven't seen anything like this, this, this is, this is new territory, I think, for pretty much all of us, so no, it's, it's just a really weird, if only there was space. a similar situation where we could go back and study and be like, okay, this are all the things, mm-hmm. but we don't, yeah, see, we, we don't listen to common music, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Only if this wasn't the first time in history there was such an incident. But, yeah. I can't, <laughs> I can't believe this incident told us that germs exist. Right. <laughs> I'm mad. I'm, I'm still mad. That, I'm not going to forget this, that it took this to to remind people that like they needed to wash their hands. Just nasty. So <laughs> the whole other thing, I can get into it. I don't know yet. I don't know. I was trying to get a temperature check. Like, is is it just me who's not really clamoring for all the entertainment right now? Like, I just other stuff is on the mind, and not like I'm in like a bad, terrible space. I, all things considered, I think I've been pretty fortunate. Um, because I can still work. I still have income coming in. Of it's been an adjustment, but I'm not. You know, I'm not. I'm not struggling. Um, I've, I've been been pretty pretty fortunate. But just I don't know. The energy is just different. The energy is different, and sports is just not. I'm seeing posters and fight announcements, and you know, I still listen to like sports podcasts and stuff. But it just, it's all not hitting the same the way. What do, do they even talk about? Like we're lucky enough that our dumb sport decided that it was going to come back before any other sport, and we still struggle to talk about things because we just <laughs> don't fucking care. Well, a lot of people are doing the uh, the listing now, uh, yeah, which is fun. Well, I mean, and we're gonna do it next week, so yeah. A lot, a lot of people are doing the the listing. Um, shout out to uh, the Technical Foul Podcast. Um, they've been doing uh, <laughs> not not for like the whole episodes, but they've been doing um, sports cinema. Where like for the first part of the episode, they'll watch they'll pick a uh, they put up polls for like sports movies, and then they'll whoever wins they talk about it. Um, so that's that's been going around too. Um, so. Pandemic is testing the creators. Um, we're seeing who can really get some content out in times where there's not a whole lot really happening. Um, I'm proud of us. I think we've done a pretty good job of it. Um, 
Yeah. You know, when things were happening, we we still we still kept the ball rolling out of here, but you know, we're we're, we're getting out of the the game soon. So uh, best of luck to the rest of you. <laughs> have fun. To... Yeah, have fun, man. Um, have fun. I will laugh it's my ass good. off if the day after we finish recording our last podcast, they actually make Gando Jones. <laughs> Maybe that'll bring me out. I don't know. Hey, I think a Jones loss could bring me out of retirement. I think a Jones loss could. So when Jones loses again. <laughs> right. <laughs> but it's like official, official. Like, the judges actually believed it. Yeah, I might come back on here. That that might be the third. So, yeah, just, just to throw that out there. The last uh, podcast uh, episode will be recorded on the 24th and released on my birthday, the 27th. Um, fights that will bring uh i'll say the anti-cool and us out of retirement should they ever happen uh tensions versus taco room if that ever happens uh try not to get my hopes up but if it ever happens yeah i'll be on here we'll be back um terrence crawford versus errol spence hopefully we can get that that happens be back been been, been waiting for that one for a long time um and i guess like i said tony and habib was on that list it's kind of lost some steam for me now. Um, so I'll put an asterisk next to that one. Um, but if Jones loses, and it's like a real loss this time, like the judges agree and we're all on the same page, unlike we've been his last couple fights, but I ain't get into that. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll probably be back on here. But um, like I said, man. Wait, um, wait. What about... Um... Fury AJ, is that fight? We, is that fight we care enough about? Because I feel like we both, we're both on the Tyson Fury probably makes AJ look silly, bandwagon. Yeah, uh, I don't know, man. I don't know if that that'd be another one of those fights that I I would just have to watch it. And if it makes me feel enough <laughs> to talk about it, <laughs> if it evokes some kind of emotion where I feel strongly to talk about it, I will. But I. There. I can't say. Yeah, that's a solid. That's a solid um, bar. Yeah, but well, I'll throw an asterisk on that one. I'll throw an asterisk on that one. Well, I just like, I gotta see how the fight turns out. If he makes him look silly, then I'm just saying. Eh. If 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 right. if it turns into a fight, fight. Might might dust the mic. Okay, so and my just one because. You you know it you know it's true and you know you're you're gonna if it happens you're gonna need an outlet for it. Mike Tyson, Shannon Briggs. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know you're gonna. I hope. I hope if that fight happens, I need another fight to happen that same weekend because I don't want that to be the only thing I come back for. And all y'all old other old guys calling out Tyson, y'all better chill out, man. Evander Holyfield, um, I don't know. James Tony. Oof. He, he, he came out, but bro, Tyson gonna kill one of y'all. He is, uh, it's not gonna be pretty. I don't know, Tyson fight might bring, <laughs> he might bring me up. That'd be a fun, fun little, like, 20, 30 minute, just ramble. <laughs> Us watching Tyson kill somebody at 50. Oh, man, but that's going to be pretty much it for today's episode, man. Um, so, like I said, man, um, we're going to take a week off. We'll be back the week 
uh, recording on the 24th episode will drop on my birthday on the 27th. That'll be our last episode, uh, our top 10 fights of all time. And then we will be closing the doors of this podcast. But um, before we get out of here, uh, some closing thoughts or parting shots and shout outs. Uh, shout outs to Kevin Randleman uh, and rest in peace to Kevin Randleman. Made it to the UFC Hall of Fame. Uh, Pioneer Wing, right? I believe so. Yeah, Pioneer Wing. Uh, so, uh, shout-outs to Kevin Randall, man. Go watch him slam somebody on their head. Uh, how did Fedor live through that, bro? That was... <laughs> that was wild. But, uh, yeah, that, that's that's my uh, shout-out, man. Shout-out to Kevin Randall, man, making it to the, uh, to the Hall of Fame. Um... I haven't watched any of it because I'm really lazy and I can't be bothered to watch things. Um, but shout outs to the people behind the documentary The Last Dance. They who have just hey. killing it because killing it. They have yeah, the only they're thing killing it. Going right now. Um Right. <laughs> it has been a must see for Sunday nights, honestly. It's the one thing for Sunday, like I I really look forward to every night to watching that. I'm I'm actually gonna be I'm gonna be kinda sad when it's over. Uh, I've been I've been really enjoying it. That is tonight, right? Yep. Last two episodes tonight. All right. Um, well, because I I read something earlier this week about like how they had to like how they fucking had to put the accelerator on to get this like ready in time. Mm. Like the the final episode was still being edited earlier this week. Yeah, it was. This wasn't supposed. We weren't supposed to get this to like yeah. noon. <laughs> Yeah, they pushed it up yeah, real no, they quick. Were, but yeah, they, they were like they were still getting interviews with people when it was like freaking just started or something like that. Like it, mm-hmm. they they were they had to hustle their asses off for this one. Um, but props yeah, to them. They did a great job, though, man. They did a phenomenal job. Definitely, definitely. And uh, I guess the the last thing forever shout out, man. Shout out to to all all the workers out there, man. Grocery store people. All my 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 essential personnel, man. The the UPS people, everybody uh, still out there on the front lines, man. Nurses, all that. Everybody's still on the front line trying to trying to hold this all together. Appreciate you guys out there. Yeah. Uh, stay stay safe. Stay uh stay safe. Hopefully uh, you know it's kind of wild. Hopefully you can find some moments of peace during your day at some point. Kind of unwind. I know it's, it's kind of crazy, but out there yeah um but i'm uh, not nah, man I, I just want to i don't know it's not a shout out or a shout out or anything but um if you're if you're like us and you follow you know not just the fights but like all the background shit that happens pretty closely um keep your eye out on like some of these fighters who've been fighting the past couple weeks or the past week eight days whatever um just because, you know dana white came out and said you know he was happy that nobody got sick and it's just like wait three people got sick and they had, you had to cancel the whole fight because of it. Um, like these were eight fight. Like they, they had three cards in the span of a week. That's like what? Tw- say ten fights, twenty fighters. Like se- anywhere from yeah. like sixty to seventy fighters have been in Jacksonville over the past eight days. Um, theoretically, that's not including cornermen yeah, and, and other people. Yeah, and if you bring two or three cornermen with you, that's like you know you're. You know, you're, who what you're triple? You could be tripling that number, um, quadrupling that number, um, like so. Like, j- just keep your eyes out. Um, 
because I, I don't know how closely people will follow up with because like signs of coronavirus can be um yeah you know, they they don't they're not apparent right away sometimes a lot of time um yeah might, it might take a little while before we see the and that might have because the UFC doesn't have a card next week but they do have one on the thirtieth uh, I don't remember which one that is specifically um I think they only have like four fights scheduled for it right now. Um, and they don't even know where it's going to be. They're like, it might be in Las Vegas, it might be in Arizona. It depends. Yay. Um, but, like, just keep your eye out. Um, make sure, like, you know, some of these fighters aren't sick. Um, you know, just accountability. That's all I ask for. And the only way you get that is if you keep your eyes open. There you go, man. That has uh, been today's episode of the podcast. It's always and give us a listen, man. SoundCloud, YouTube, Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts. Send questions to Dojo Talk Podcast at yahoo.com. Definitely send questions, man. If we're about to end, man, send some questions. Yeah. <laughs> we're about to be out of here. This is your last chance. Send some questions. Dojo Talk Podcast at yahoo.com. Or if you just want to hit either one of us up on any social media, if you see us on Twitter, Tumblr, wherever. Uh, shoot us a question. We'll try to answer it on the last episode. Um, hit us up social media, Dojo Talk Podcast, Facebook page, Instagram page. Follow me on Twitter and Twitch at Serial Sensei. And you can follow uh, Antakul on Twitter at GC Zeus. And as always, anytime people are being punched and or kicked in the face, we will be there to talk about it. And until next time, we will catch you guys later.